0: Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus.
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? Big game day edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily coming up. Bombers back at it tonight at IG Field. But a lot of other things happening uh, in uh, in sports. We had the World Women's World Cup kicked off last night. Huge shocker upset by the host New Zealand team. 7-1 to one underdogs in that game. They came through. Big win for Aussies. But tonight, and for those of you that are on the podcast, you can't see, but uh, I, soccer guy is back. Let's go Canada. I've got my uh, some of my stuff from Qatar. We're, uh, we're bringing it out again. The red and white for Christine Sinclair in the club. The women begin their march in the World Cup tonight against Nigeria. And that game will begin local time, 9.30 p.m., Of course, we've also got the Open Championship going on right now. First round just wrapping up as we go live here at 1 p.m. in Winnipeg in the afternoon. And, of course, the Seabares are playing tonight as well. We've got some great Seabears news for folks that haven't seen a game. You might have a better chance of seeing the Seabares in that final home game with some extra seats added. But uh, we've got a lot to get to today. We'll be all over Bombers Elks. Darren Bombing of Bonfire Sports is going to jump on. We'll hit a uh, little Jets off-season talk, some Bombers and more with Scott Billick. We're also going to talk Jays. Jays playing this afternoon in this getaway day for the San Diego Padres before the Jays then head out west for the annual series where it is a complete Canadian takeover of Seattle, Washington when the Jays take on the Mariners. And Andrew Stoughton is going to jump on a little bit later on as well. So it uh, should be a fun show. Great to have you all here. And just before we bring in Michael Remus, got to give a big thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen every day. Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, Nick and Nicky DQ Group, F Apparel, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Consolidated Supply, BP and Royal Sports, the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend Country Club, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Little Brown Jug, and of course Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, and Modern Man Barbershop. Let's get Remus in here and get this show on the roll while we welcome everybody in chat. What's going on, folks? Hit that thumbs
2: up. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Remo, what's good, dude? Feeling good. Game day. has Bombers, else. We don't have to talk about the last Bomber game anymore. Uh, that loss to Ottawa that we haven't shut up about since, uh, well, Saturday. Uh, we got that. Uh, we still, you know, if you missed yesterday, you, you know, did, maybe didn't tune into the whole show, the Gabe Velarde signing. I kept seeing that on the ticker yesterday while watching uh, what after the Jays game. They had Sports and Central on. Uh, we got that still. So, some stuff. I know, yeah, it's a pretty nice day out today. Uh, no more rain. It's, it's a hot one. Should be a great weather for the Bomber game tonight. I, I'm expecting a big crowd there at IG Field.
1: Well, here's the most important question Are you hungry? Because why why are you asking me if I'm, I'm hungry? You're going to need to be hungry when we get down there before the game. And we did, we had, we, there was a lot of talk on this program about the 32 inch yard dog that is available at IG field. And we were challenged and a number of people dropped super chats in saying that we need to take on that yard dog. So tonight is the night, everybody. We're going to bring the camera in. We'll make a bit of a video for it. We will take down this yard dog for you, the people. And, and to be honest, Remus, I was on Rod Peterson yesterday. I guess yesterday was National Hot Dog Day. I wish I would spent a little more time on that on yesterday's show. And Rod was asking me about my favorite hot dog. And we were talking about the toasted hot dogs in Montreal. I talked about the old toasted dogs in the old Winnipeg Arena in the North End which were sort of the inspiration for the Toasted Jet Dog, uh, which, of course, is maybe the number one concession item at Canada Life Centre. Well, um, this beauty that we're going to take on tonight, 32 inches, I think there's fries and pierogies and stuff on it. All I know is that the light lunch was served earlier, which was pretty much nothing, because I think we're both going to need to be pretty empty if we're going to take this thing down tonight.
2: Yeah, I'll we'll have to I haven't eaten a ton. I got water here. I got coffee, so uh I made the silly declaration on the show that I would eat half of a yard dog. And the chat put their money where my mouth was and now I have to do it and I'm not not excited about it. Well, maybe I will be. I, it probably is delicious, but just the amount of it um making me nervous, so we'll have to see.
1: You know who's excited about it for us? is Davis Sanchez of TSN. Uh, I guess Davis saw me and Rod talking about these hot dogs. And I think I made reference that you and I were going to be doing our yard dog challenge today. And I got a, a DM today from Chez who does such a great job on the, uh, on the uh, <laughs> TSN panel who said all this flipping talk about toasted hot dogs with pierogies is making, making me hungry. I was out all night, I'm starving, and all I can do is think about a dog with pierogies on it. Enjoy the game. And I said, well, we'll dedicate this one in your honor tonight, Chez. He's jealous. Enjoy. Um, So anyways, we will do that. And yes, I actually haven't eaten today, and I think I might just let it roll right until the yard dog to be ready to give a maximum performance for when we take this thing down. Um, we did have a good night last night, though getting together. We should quickly mention a great get together with a bunch of the old 1290 crew um, saying what 's up to our old pal Rick Ralph, who uh, is uh, taken off Rick by the way, if you missed it, jumped on with the IC guys on Saturday. It was a really really entertaining segment, some vintage Rick um, and he 's heading out to Calgary in a couple weeks as uh, his partner Sam 's got a nice new gig in the uh, a new radio gig uh, out west. So Rick will be leaving us, but um, it was great to get together with a whole bunch of the uh, the gang from the old shop last night and uh, have a few with Rick, and then of course a few special guest stars, the likes of Ken Weeb, and of course an answer for many in Puckdoku today, our guy
2: Trevor Kidd. Yeah, uh, we're great seeing what Kevin O. There hadn't seen him for a lot for a while. Ezzy from Illegal Curve and Trevor Kidd, and I told Trevor uh, I was gonna u- trying to use him on Puck Doku and he really wasn't. Uh, familiar with what it was but if you look at today's you might be able to fit him in in a couple squares and uh, I saw that and got my eyes my eyes lit up and great headshot uh they used him i actually just texted him my board I don't know he probably won't text me back uh but uh, always enjoyable so I've I've used in Puktoku now if you are playing puckdoku.com the hockey what trivia game where you try to match players on the two teams they played or to a stat I've used Kevin Sawyer. On there, I have used 90 a couple times now, and now Trevor Kidd. I've I want to use JP, but he only played for Atlanta, and I don't. Th- I think that's going to be tough unless it's like I don't know what they would do. But yeah, yeah he only played for one team, so uh, not not ideal situation for Hokkaido. Like, would you ever be able to use Brian Little? I guess if they had like a points thing for Winnipeg, you could yeah you could fit maybe him in
1: x amount of games played for a particular franchise yeah. or something like that. Uh, Thirty goal season.
2: For yeah, instance, you, could, you could do that for sure.
1: You know, if they had a 30-goal season for Thrashers slash Jets 2.0. Um, but yes, uh, we're all somewhat addicted to Puk I'm still rattled for yesterday's, though. i had been on such a run mm-hmm. with getting 9-0 to 9, getting some really good uniqueness. And and yesterday, for the first time, if you missed it, um, the, the third sell on the top was played for five plus teams. So essentially you had, I think one was the Islanders, one was the Ducks, maybe, and the Predators. It was
2: Islanders, Preds, Blues, yeah.
1: Preds, blues. So you had to have a player that played for those teams, but that also played for four other teams in the NHL. And I don't know, I found it quite easy getting the guys that played for the two more often than not. Mm-hmm. I and I would just I would think of a guy and I would count teams and I would get up to four and then I would just blank. I don't think I ever even attempted to complete it yesterday, but uh, that was a very, very challenging one. But uh, but fun. Again, there wasn't a lot of hockey uh, stuff going on yesterday other than the Velarde signing, so we spent some time racking our brain on uh, on Puck Doku. We may as well touch on that right off the bat. I mean, we did sort of have a live reaction during the show yesterday um, when the news came out that uh, Velarde had signed a two-year deal, 343 Um I was, I'll be interested. Listen, I know there's always some contrarians in every hockey market that'll sort of try to play the other side. I mean, to me, this was going to be a two year deal pretty much the entire time. I guess I'd speculated that, you know, maybe they would look to buy a bunch of UFA years right now. But I think for both sides, this deal makes a lot of sense. I mean, for Gabriel Velarde, who'd had injury issues earlier in the season, does he want to sign a long term deal based on? a 23 goal season when he's, you know, being traded is going to be in a better position, probably to play more, um, be more impactful on special teams, power play and whatnot. um, And really establish himself for a better deal after this one. I think there's something to be said for that. Not to mention he's never played a game here. I'm not sure if he's ever been here before. So, you know, is that a great time to be signing a big long-term deal? And, I think from the Jets' side of things as well, as excited as they are to get Villardi, I think it makes a lot of sense to, uh, you know, have a good salary number for the next couple of years. They still will have two more years of team control after that. Um, but I think these next couple of years will be seeing how he likes it, how he fits in with this club. Um, and I think they'd be more than happy on uh, giving him a nice fat raise and a long-term deal if the next couple of years go well. So um, from my perspective, this was sort of what was expected um, but I do. I did see some people saying oh, it was a bit of a whiff on the Jets not getting a long term deal. But I, I, I'll be honest, Rivas, I, I, I'm not even sure how much either side would have really even gone down that road, considering everything that's led up to Valarity being a Winnipeg Jet and and signing this first contract as an RFA before arbitration.
2: Yeah, it seemed like he was excited for the increased opportunity here. He wants to prove himself a bit more. He doesn't want to give up, uh, you know, those UFA years. The cap's going up seeing a lot of guys uh sign you know shorter term deals he gets the security of a two-year deal i guess we were we thought it was going to be around four it was i'm trying to memorize the number three point four three seven five uh million dollars so i mean i think that's good for him uh, i'm looking at just that, some of the analytics guys say dom from the athletic uh, tweeting out, he took a big step forward last season and his bridge deal should be a bargain for the Jets over the next two seasons. Uh, Jay Fresh adding in, uh, Velarde's a shoot first two-way forward, creates chances for himself off extended possessions and finishes them well, also draws loads of penalties. And I imagine with the bridge deal, you know, usually the one after goes up, but if, hey, if he has two good seasons here, I'm sure the Jets would be happy to pay him what it would it pay him his worth for the next one? Seems like they're kind of, the Jets kind of work in order. That's what they had, the Baron one, check, onto Velarde. Seems like that was done quickly. And now it's with Stanley and Rasmus. Kupari, the remaining ones, but a uh, nice contract to finally have that done. And as we sit here, was absolutely no chance of going to arbitration.
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that was one thing I think everyone would agree on. I mean, there, there was no way this was going to get to arb. Um. although there is an interesting arbitration case shaping up between the Leafs and Ilya Samsonov. Did you see those numbers of what was offered? The Leafs yeah. are pitching 2.4, and Samsonov wants 4.9. Like, I cannot remember a time where a player's uh, expectation was more than double what the team was coming up. We'll get to that in a second. But, I mean, just quickly, as far as Velarde goes, Um, this is a good chance for him to come in. And anyone that's saying, like, oh, this means he doesn't want to be in Winnipeg long-term, how the hell does he know? He hasn't even been here yet. So, um, you know, I think this protects the Winnipeg Jets, and it protects Velarde. Certainly, if he can come in here and have a couple monster seasons and be a big part of this going forward, that's an asset that, you know, that it's there. He'll have earned a big raise if, um, you know, he does sign a, you know, a longer-term deal after two years. Um, And otherwise... You know, you're not in the Dubois situation this year. You're where Dubois was the year before. Two years is a lot of time in the National Hockey League. So, um, listen, I just think overall, this deal makes sense. This is what I think most people expected. And I think anyone that's trying to push any sort of narrative about anything that comes out of here is uh, is grasping at straws right now because this is a common sense solution. The only thing I was surprised, Remo, was that it was a little lower than I had expected even on a bridge deal, uh, I was thinking it would be closer to four as opposed to three, five, but whatever. That's uh, 500 grand in uh, cap space the Winnipeg Jets will have for these next couple seasons before, in all likelihood, they'll have to give him a significant raise if they are going to ink them to an
2: extension. Yeah, what are we splitting hairs there over $500,000? 500, uh, $500, and oh, sorry, I, I forgot to mention Decl- Thank you, Zach. Because Declan Chisholm also uh, an RFA. Right now, I'm at, but I imagine that would just be an easy, like that's that's an easy one. Say, hey, here, sign it. Yeah, really much like the-
1: Villardi said last year, this is sort of like, here's your contract, uh, uh sign it.
2: Yeah, um, that's what he's what he's in. So, uh, who are the other was, RFA's? You got Rasmus
1: Kapari, Logan Stanley, Declan Chisholm.
2: Yeah, that's it. So, and I imagine we've talked a lot of, like I imagine like all those like they're guys who aren't really, like. Logan Stanley was in full time NHL or Rasmus Kupari, you know, but you just, you just say hey, hey here's a million dollars and sign it. I, I can't imagine it would be too difficult unless Logan Stanley's like still saying hey, I want to trade and I'm not signing with you guys. Like why would you, why would you do that?
1: Yeah, maybe he could pull a Kavanka and sign with uh, Mannheim in Germany and then force a trade out that way.
2: Yeah, I Who guess knows? he could.
1: Who knows? I mean, well, I'm, obviously, I'm joking about that. I don't expect Logan Stanley signing a deal outside of the national hockey. He he wants to be an NHLer. He thinks that he is. And I think that was part of his frustration last year and getting left in the dust by Dylan Sandberg as far as being in the top six. And, you know, whether we're talking about Stanley, Declan Chisholm, Billy Hanala, hell, Kyle Capabianco... None of those guys were in the top six last year. Dylan Sandberg was. Dylan Sandberg will continue to be. Um, And, you know, we're going to have to see whether there's a spot for Logan Stanley, even on the roster, never mind in the top six. Um, Whatever happens with his contract, he's going to need to come in and, and really convince the Winnipeg Jets that he's taken big, big steps and is better than the other guys that are playing ahead of him. I mean, it's it's that simple. And listen, I mean, every single team in the league has guys that think that they're better than so-and-so or should be playing ahead of uh, one of their teammates. But the coaches make those decisions. And listen, when we're comparing him to Villy, certainly to Declan Chisholm, we've seen way more Logan Stanley than we have of those other guys. And, you know, Logan Stanley's been in the NHL and basically playing for the better part of three seasons was injured for a while last year and couldn't get in the lineup quite a bit. And that's why he only played, what, nineteen games. So what whatever the resolution is of Stanley's deal, um, if he's not part of the top eight, I think they look for, you know, to salvage something from it, and potentially move on from him. Um, or maybe he gets another chance and it's a sink or swim opportunity. But he doesn't have a lot of bargaining power, like most RFAs in his situation, particularly ones that have been given plenty of opportunity and haven't necessarily made the most of it.
2: Yeah. And uh, shout out to Don and Chad pointing out that uh, they have, that those players have been given qualifying offers. So I guess it's up to them if they want to sign those yeah. or not like, like Pierre-Luc Dubois signed his one-year qualifying offer last year or, you know, something Friday
1: else. Friday at 4.30, right after we'd finished the yeah, show. Yeah.
2: Something, something else happened. Yeah, I'm ne- I'll never forget that qualifying offer. Uh, being signed right after we hit stop. So, uh, we'll say, again we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe that you know eventually they just say you know what, screw it, we'll just sign We'll just sign these and move on. But I can't imagine there's a lot of back and forth. That Samsonov one is very interesting. And what's happening with yeah. the Leafs, uh, with William Nylander as well, asking for big dollars when you know they they're really up against it in terms of the cap. Uh, curious what happens there, uh, in Toronto. Um, by the way, I see Ezzy's in chat. What
1: up, Ez? Ez was out there with our uh, little get together last night for uh, for Rick, Ralph. Um, and yes, there's no marbles today because it's Thursday. Although <laughs> Remus, to be perfectly honest, I am completely in Friday mode right now. Um, you know, the fact that there's a game tonight, we were out last night. It just is. It just me, or does it not feel like a Friday? And um, obviously, we got something to do tomorrow between one to three. But I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans that are making this a long weekend and have done whatever they had to do to uh, book off or get out of work tomorrow and uh, get this weekend started this evening down at IG Field.
2: Yeah, revenge. We're on the revenge tour from last season's loss in the Grey Cup and revenge from last week's loss to uh, Ottawa in Devastating fashion. Uh, the line. What was the line earlier? Because I'm looking at Cool Bet right now. Massive favorites here for the Bombers, minus 15 and a half. Oh, it's gone back to 15 and a half. It was 14 and a half when we
1: did the lock shop about an hour ago.
2: Yes, um, minus so one one steam. one one on the money line. Like that's a major major favorite.
1: I'll say one thing. Uh, I expect. I, I I took the over in this game. Uh, and I think this is going to be a huge night for the Bombers' offense. Kenny Lawler, and again, we'll go over this a little bit later on. I also have a three-team parlay, Bombers, Seabares, and Canada women at the World, Women's World Cup, I'll tell you about. But Kenny Lawler's plus 110 to get in the end zone. I think he announces his return with the big game. And, and let's not forget, one of the things that was lost in the Bombers' um, fourth quarter L to the Red Blacks last week was just how little traction they got on the ground. Brady Oliveira had a couple big plays receiving, but they did almost nothing reception-wise. So I, I got to tell you, dude, I mean, I, I think that they really try and establish the run. And the Elks, for their part, have not been able to stop the run all season long. Um, so... To me, this is going to be a big, big game for the Bomber offense to really get back on track and get the good vibes going into the bye week and then a game where they're going to need to be their best against the British Columbia Lions two weeks from today when the Lions come back here on the 3rd of August.
2: Yeah, I'm really curious uh, how the Bombers offense is going to look with Kenny Lawler coming back. You you can kind of get a feel of it by looking at the receiving props Dalton Schoen, they have him on Cool Bet, 66 yards. Kenny Lawler, 64. Uh, Waltarski 33. Dembski, 49. Uh, Rashid Bailey, 30. So you know, they kind of have in and Lawler neck and neck, but one of those guys emerge. And for Dalton Schoen, he hasn't gone over the total uh, the last couple of weeks, I know, because I have bet the over. <laughs> and, you know, he had that drop touchdown last week, which probably would, which would have put him over, but... I think he's due uh, for a big for a big game, and it's what an opportunity tonight against Edmonton. But the one guy I agree uh, they're going to need to uh, run it out if they have that big lead is Brady Oliveira and his what rushing total eighty one yards. So they're expecting him to have a lot of yards on the ground, and I know he wants to have a bounce back game because the run game not effective last week, and they just kept trying to run it and run it and uh, they were not able to, and it led to a lot of two and outs there when you're trying to grind clock and trying to finish off Ottawa. And we all know they weren't able to. So uh, disappointing finish. Yes. Last week. Uh, I think they'll be back and ready. And I know the crowd is going to be ready for tonight. What a beautiful day here in Winnipeg. Uh, Pull up the weather. 24 right now. That's good football weather.
1: It's good. Hot dog eating weather too. Perfect. We're going (laughs) to, we might have fast buns for the uh, <laughs> for the yard dog tonight, Reem.
2: I'm going to need some um, water. Make sure you have and, water.
1: And by the way, we gave a shout-out to Ezzy. You know who else is joining us right now via the internet? <laughs> None other than our old pal Gary Lawless. Hi, Gary. Uh, <laughs> G- Gary giving us a few shots via text, and I said, Gary, get in the chat. He said he doesn't know how. So uh, feel free. Gary is watching. If you'd like to give Gary a, a warm WST chat welcome You can do that now. We're going to give a warm welcome to Darren Bombing of Bonfire Sports coming up in just a couple minutes to get ready for tonight's game. Of course, you can also check out the uh, Bonfire Game Day edition with Chris Walby that uh, debuted right after our program yesterday. Um, That's there on the Bonfire YouTube channel. Um, But just before we do get to Darren Bombing... Who needs a cut, folks? Uh, you need a little styling? You need a haircut? Maybe some beard shaping? You know where to go? Modern Man Barber Shops. Now with eight locations in Winnipeg, including the newest locations on either Pemina Highway or Plessy Road. Modern Man Barbershop Shop has uh, everything men need when it comes to grooming services, haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Um, find out more or book your look at an appointment at modernmanbarber.com. Or follow them on Instagram at Modern Man Barbershops. Um, Remus mentioned how nice the uh, weather's going to be for the game tonight. And I was looking at the two-week extended forecast. And it is going to be vintage Manitoba summer for the next couple weeks. Lots of sunshine. And uh, got me thinking 2023 might be a great time to make the plunge with Aquatech. Visit aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. Their team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that suit you. And whole home renovations start with AquaTech with thousands of rentals as their foundation. Let them upgrade any space in your home. AquaTech's ready to make your rental dreams a reality. Learn more about design, pricing, and financing options at aqua-tech.ca. Another big weekend, as I mentioned. A lot of people probably ditching Friday's responsibilities to get a head start on it tonight. And, you know, the Manitoba weekends, whether you're out at the cottage or camping or even in the city, um, you got to power those things. And whether you are using a boat, a Sea-Doo, an ATV, a tractor, trailer, a camper or a lawnmower or lawn um, tractor, you got to have batteries for it. And Manitoba battery is not only the local leaders in all things batteries but beats the pants off the big box stores with the best prices in town and even better than that we'll deliver it to you for free within the city of winnipeg for only for all purchases over 60 bucks it's really that simple get the best price in town shop local and save a heck of a lot of time time that you can be spending in the with your family in these precious summer months. So get on over for all your battery needs to ManitobaBattery.com. You can give them a phone call or pop down and see them in person if you'd like at 1026 Logan Avenue. Donnie's great staff are waiting for you six days a week. Um, and just before we bring in Darren Bombing, as I mentioned, I are going to be taking down this yard dog tonight. We will be washing it down. With a Canadian club and ginger ale or two. Actually looking forward to hooking up with some of our friends from Canadian club at the game tonight. And of course, CC is the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It's not just Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey. It's ours and the Big Blue and it's available throughout IG Field. As are the uh, official drink of the summer on WST. The pre-mixed Canadian club and ginger ale available in cans at the game tonight. And also at your local beer vendor. All right, Bill, coming up a little later on, we will touch on a very big weekend coming up for the Jays and Jays fans out West, but right now, let's welcome in the uh, host of Bonfire Sports, Blue Bomber Game Day, and of course, he'll have post-game coverage tonight following the Bombers and Elks game on the Bonfire Channel. Darren Bombing joins us now. DB, what is up?
0: Feeling good, and and, you know, breaking news right now is we're live on Winnipeg Sports Talk. I just got a... Email from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Liam Dobson is going to replace Jeff Gray at left guard. And and this is very newsworthy um, roster change for the Blue Bombers because you look at that offensive line. It's been a question mark at times this season. And when Pro Football Focus does their deep analytic dive and ranks the top five players at each of the five offensive line position groups, Only one spot did the Blue Bombers not have an O lineman in the top five. That was left guard. They're going to make a change, and it's going to be Liam Dobson tonight.
1: You know that, like we let's get into the O line for a second because there have been times this year where Zach Calero certainly. I mean, I think everyone was rattled after the BC game. We just we hadn't seen that in so long. And the offensive line, in a lot of ways, I certainly believe, has been the foundation of how Kyle Walters has built this football team from the line out, both sides of it. Um, And at times, you know, people were questioning, oh, is this line getting a little too old? I mean, is Father Time, who's undefeated, catching up on the group? And I mean, even early in that Calgary game at times, you know, there was some pressure. The run game wasn't really going. And then we saw what they did in the fourth quarter of that game. And Brady yeah. Oliveira talked about it. I mean, sometimes you need to wear down your opponent and we saw it, uh, we saw it really work. I will say this, Darren. Um, and especially as someone that was, um, let's just say, invested in Brady Oliveira's rushing total last week, the run game was non-existent against Ottawa. And I guess I can sort of understand that, you know, at this point in the season, we're a third of the way in. It hasn't been as smooth as it has been in the past, although the old line has looked great at times. Where are you at on the Bomber O-line? And maybe kind of take that into the move of Dobson being in for Gray.
0: Yeah, I, I think the move to Dobson for Gray is, is one that, you know, I, I kind of expected to happen eventually. Uh, Jeff Gray is a very, very good football player. A Winnipeg native, of course, University of Manitoba Bison, first-round draft pick, time in the National Football League. But it just seems like, When the Blue Bombers offensive line has a bad day, you know, it's kind of coming at that left guard spot. When it was Drew Desjardins at left guard next to Stanley Bryant, winning most outstanding offensive lineman award year after year, that was an impenetrable side of the Blue Bombers offensive line and a good side to have strong protection because that's the blind side of right-handed quarterbacks, including Zach Kolaris. But that has not been the case. I'm not going to hang it on one guy. That is for sure. I think everybody has had, um, you know, a play or three or a game or two where they would like to have played better. But the offensive line, I think, is just not the same purely dominant group in all phases of offensive football like they have been in years past. They are a little bit older. Some of it, I think, is is play calling, situational football, that sort of thing. Um, And, you know, nothing is forever in football. Rosters change, players age, all of those things. Even coordinators move on. And, you know, this is uh, three years now into Buck Pierce as offensive coordinator. What I've seen from Winnipeg, whether it's the O-line or a mixture of it with other things, is a Blue Bombers offense that has been up and down and not been the consistent group we have come to know and appreciate for the last number of years.
1: Let's talk about the offense overall because um, they certainly are getting a huge, huge boost tonight with the return of Kenny Lawler. Um, We remember how great Kenny Lawler was in his first run with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. There was so much excitement about what he was going to do to this offense, and uh, he's been on the sidelines waiting to get cleared. It's finally happened, Darren. Um, he spoke with the media yesterday. If you wouldn't mind, I mean, we didn't play any of that on the show. Fill us a little bit on what Kenny had to say about his time on the sidelines and how you think he'll uh, help the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' offensive attack when he finally gets into game action tonight.
0: Well, no doubt he's champing at the bit, right? Like, he's he's had to wait patiently for things out of his control, his agent's control, the team's control, even the league's control for a long long time. A third of the season has gone by in essence, right? We're into week 7 in the Canadian Football League schedule. And for Kenny, I think a real challenge for him was that he was not allowed to be in the facility like an injured player would be or like a player on the practice roster or you know, a, a player that was being disciplined. This was a legal matter and he was not legally allowed to work. So couldn't be at IG Field, couldn't be in meetings with his team, couldn't be on Zoom meetings with his team and the like. So I think a challenge for him is ensuring that the mental part of the game um, and... But what uh, did know, he say he was doing for these last six weeks then? You know, I, I, I don't even remember what, what he said he was. he's been doing, but, you know, no doubt he has been working. Oh right? yeah. Working on his own. And you know, I'm, I'm sure a teammate could go over to his house as a friend. And Does he has like his own a... jugs machine. Sure. Yeah. You got a buddy you throw around. Right. But it just can't be within those work parameters. So. I mean, you know, you and I might do uh, podcasts or radio shows or whatever for a living, but then, you know, we can go hang out with a buddy and, uh, you know, throw on a a microphone and and have some fun, right? So I I imagine that that's what was happening. But uh, Winnipeg is going to be careful. Kenny is going to be careful in in what, you know, they, they put on the record sort of thing. But no doubt he has been preparing himself to play. He knew this day was coming. And as far as the impact he makes on the field, it's huge, To have Dalton Schoen, who as a rookie, of all things, led the CFL in receiving last year, and to add Kenny Lawler to that, probably the most impactful player, him, Geno Lewis, Dalton Schoen, amongst receivers in the CFL, that can really change a game. Adding Kenny Lawler to it just brings such danger for opposing defenses. Kenny is athletic. He is fast. He is an excellent route runner, very crisp coming in and out of his routes, can change direction well, can get up and and jump and be aggressive and, and grab the football. But what I see as Kenny Lawler's biggest strength is his stickiness. His hands are like flypaper. He is able to make catches other, more human people cannot off balance uh behind him in front of him diving going up for it getting vertical whatever the case may be zach Kolaris has a luxury in Kenny Lawler he might be drawing the 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 strongest or the the best coverage from the opposition but if you throw it in a catch radius for Kenny Lawler he's gonna find a way to pull it in so that that is just a, a huge addition to, um, you know, what, what is a healthy and, and rounded out group right now on offense? They just got to find a way to put it all together. Maybe Kenny Lawler is the shot in the arm they need.
1: Well, and, and listen, I mean, given Zach Calaris a little bit more time um, to throw the football with the weapons that are now at his disposal, I think it'll be good. But I, I really think, especially when you look at how poor Edmonton has been in stopping the run this year. I think that it starts with them really trying to establish Brady Oliveira after a really light game in the rushing game last week against Ottawa. And at that point, Darren, I think then everything can really flow from there.
0: Yeah, I think on on both sides, for both teams, the run game is going to be critical tonight. Like, really, really important for Edmonton. But yeah, to your point, important for Winnipeg as well. It's been interesting watching the offense this year because they have kind of tried a lot of different things. And game the flow of games have gone different ways. And they've been a little bit up and down, like I've been speaking to, in that sometimes the run sets up the pass. Other times the pass sets up the run. That's kind of the one of the unique things we're seeing emerge in the Canadian Football League this season. So for Brady, we know he is good. We know he can be an absolute workhorse and take the football 25 times, even 30 times a game if you, you know, include the pass game. But, um, you know, I think it, it depends what Edmonton throws at them. They are a unique defense. We know Chris Jones is a unique defensive mind. He's the GM. He's the head coach. We have to remember he's also the defensive coordinator and the designer of what Edmonton is going to put out on the field when Zach Kalaris and the boys uh, are out there at the madhouse on Matheson tonight. And that is often dropping more players into coverage and only rushing three, sometimes four at the line of scrimmage to, to attack the quarterback. So whatever Edmonton has uh, you, you got to believe Chris Jones is probably going to throw a couple wrinkles, maybe even a wrench in there uh, to throw the blue bombers off their game. It's going to be a, uh, interesting. Uh, I'm going to be watching really closely how Buck Pierce designs uh, and then ultimately rolls out his offensive game plan. Th- those those play calls are going to be very important.
1: Um, you know, I was out last night um, a little later on, hooked up with Dusty and a couple of uh, guys I know from the Elks organization. And you can imagine, I mean... Uh... Listen, I mean, there's wins and losses, and then there's what the Elks are going through right now. And if you are not a player um, and not a coach, um, you really, there's a lot of things that are outside of your control. And, I mean, listen, we've talked about it before. It's a great sports town, a team that is, you know, a fan base that has really supported the Elks for a long, long time. But it just seems like they're, do you think they're at rock bottom? And then they dig a little deeper week after week. Um, You know, coming off that loss last Thursday, they are in a situation where they're 0-6. They're taking on the Bombers, BC, and the Bombers in their next three games. Um, Where do the Edmonton Elks go from here right now? We know that they're not going to be making a coaching change. I mean, that's not really going to... Like, do we expect them to turn this... Turn it around? I mean, I guess that's figuratively speaking. Are they going to pose a threat to the bombers right now do you think they come in and play or uh, are they just here wrong place wrong time against a team that is probably in a very pissed off mood considering the way their game ended
0: last Saturday in Ottawa well if you base it on what we've seen in the CFL this year you never know what you're going to get and and that's the beauty of it you know we've had such dramatic games and, and such surprising upsets uh in a lot of games this year Here's the old adage about, you know, like, you know, don't tease a wounded animal because they are the most dangerous. Right. And and a hungry dog is going to do whatever it can to eat Um, for the Edmonton Elks. Like they're picking the sand out of their teeth because they have been just absolute rock bottom for a long, long time. And it goes beyond this season. Um, You know, every new year is a, a fresh slate, a clean slate. Every new game is a clean slate. And Winnipeg has shown that, you know, they can be beat at home, a place where they seemed unbeatable for the last number of years. So for Edmonton, you know, they got nothing to lose. They're going out there. They're, they're just going to try to to play and to win. But you're right. They have found surprisingly, um, amazingly found new ways to lose week in and week out. There's, you know, CJ Sims blowing an opportunity for them to, to stay in a game late. Uh, there, there's been times where Taylor Cornelius is Touchdown passes have been called back due to penalty on the offensive line. Their O-line is pretty bad. The addition of Brett Boyko, the Canadian at right tackle, uh, timing the NFL, the the re-addition of him, maybe will give them a little bit of a boost there and moving David Foucault, who's been a penalty machine, uh, back into the interior, maybe will will help a little bit. Edmonton, it didn't matter if Jason Moss was their head coach or it's Chris Jones as their head coach, they've had uh, just... They're the most penalized team in the league for whatever reason. I guess you wear yellow and green, uh, you're going to get more flags thrown on you. But for the Edmonton Elks, I mean, I think they're starting the wrong quarterback, Hustler. How you go from your number one, pull him, and start your rookie number two in Jared Dagey and then go back to your number one and see him play as poorly as he has. Deggie has had a start. Deggie has had spot duty in relief. I think Jared Deggie is the more safe and consistent option. Edmonton has just been so up and down, so inconsistent, so just shooting themselves in the foot. I think you need consistency at quarterback. I guess Chris Jones thinks That It's Taylor Cornelius, maybe with his legs tonight, uh, that gives them the best chance to win. But I still think that Jared Daigie, if they're going to get any sort of continuity and consistency on offense, he's got to be the guy at the trigger.
1: Yeah, well, listen, I mean, when you're talking about Cornelius, there's been two things that have really killed him because he is a great athlete. We've seen him run the football before, including against Winnipeg when he first came into the league. His accuracy is not good enough and his decision-making has been terrible. And those two traits are one of a quarterback that can put you on a long, long losing streak right now. That being said, he can run. And I would suggest that, I mean, all they needed to do was look at the second half tape of what Crum did to the Bombers last week. And um, certainly I think Richie Hall is going to get his guys paying a lot more attention to the potential of a running quarterback. Because to be honest, I think when you look at what Edmonds has done so far this year that might be one of the most effective ways to move the chains and keep the football against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because not a lot else has worked for Edmonton so far this year.
0: Yeah, I think you nailed it with those two points on what Taylor Cornelius's downfall has been. Uh, I really find it, you know, it, it caught my attention when the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' defense came out you know, their one practice this week that that was open um, or walkthrough was open. Their one practice was closed, but they came out and had their, you know, uh, work wear on. Right. They had their kind of like, you know, like they're, they're going to the body shop uh, to, to fix, uh, you know, fix a car up um, back to work. Right. I, I find it kind of entertaining. It, it caught my attention that, you know, they're trying to spin this. Um, and it makes sense. They're trying to spin it into, hey, you know, we know we were bad, uh, but hey, we're, we're not taking it all too, too seriously. I think they know they're a good defense. I think they know they made really egregious errors and had awful tackling. Not even just like the act of tackling, but putting themselves in the right position to make tackles against Dustin Crum and against the Ottawa Redblacks when uh, they were mounting that comeback. And they let them hang around in the game. Right? It wasn't just the pick six uh, to Brandon Dandridge that was the reason Ottawa was in that game. It's because Winnipeg let them hang around. So a little bit will be on the offense, but the defense knows they need to be a lot better. And then came the roster, and it's a change at weak side linebacker. Of course, we knew Malik Clements was hurt. He was not able to play late in that game. Jesse Briggs came in maybe wasn't, you know, uh, playing at an optimal level and, and uh, you know, let some plays uh, get past him. Uh, same with Adam Big Hill. But when they make a change at weak side with Clements going to the sixth game, and it's not Jesse Briggs, it's global player, Japanese player, Les Maruo, who is a very, very good tackler. Great special teamer, a uh, little bit smaller, but excellent tackler. He goes in at weak side linebacker to start tonight and then Reda Cramdy starting at the Dimeback spot. It is a DB spot, but if Edmonton is going to bring the type of game plan, I think a lot of people are expecting Taylor Cornelius and the Elks to do, and that is a run heavy game to have a Dimebacker that is going to be in the right spot not make a mental mistake and and make be a sure tackler. Reddick Cramedy brings a real hard-nosed brand of football. He is a tough dude. Um, I, I think those two changes in the linebacking core. I know the the Sam the Dime isn't really a linebacker, but they're playing kind of a pseudo hybrid linebacker spot. Those two changes speak volumes to me that Winnipeg knows they need to be a lot better and they need different than what we saw in Ottawa.
1: You know, just speaking of the defense, you know, the one guy, and we haven't talked about him enough, but I'll bring him up right now that has just been so impressive to me game in and game out, Uh Evan Holm. Yeah. Holm is having himself, I mean, a monster season. And at times, I know he's not as big as Taylor Loeffler, but his presence in the secondary when it comes to hitting, blocking up passes, yeah. um, he's had a great, great start. And they're going to need more of that from him. Just back to the O-line because, again, if you – Joined us, you know, just a couple minutes ago. Right off the bat, bombing sort of broke that Liam Dobson's going to be in for Jeff Gray. Is Gray going to be on the roster tonight? Uh, He was he was listed as a starter yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is this just basically a switch between Gray will now be a backup, if you will, and Dobson's going to be the guy that gets the reps with the ones?
0: Yeah, the the press release says that all three of those those players will still dress, and that is okay. Jeff Gray, Tui Ellie, and, and Liam Dobson. So starting Dobson over Gray, I, I guess it's just to maybe eliminate people wondering if Jeff Gray is hurt, if he's not out there, uh, you know, right away. But, you know, Winnipeg uses a lot of uh, six tight end, even seven tight end sets. So, you know, jumbo package, uh, whatever you want to call it, they, they do utilize that quite a bit and even beyond – um, the short yardage I do want to talk about Evan Holm let me, let me say something about Evan Holm you're right he may not be as big as uh, a Taylor Loeffler or you know some other DBs uh, of, of similar ilk but he plays really big and we've been raving about Evan Holm this year and talking about him a lot on Bonfire Sports but then this guy Demario Houston he is a problem He just seems to find the football in his hands every single week, whether it's fumble recoveries or forcing fumbles and, you know, just being, um, you know, racking up the interceptions this season. It's kind of drawn the attention away from Evan Holm. But you're right. Dietrich Nichols doesn't get thrown at because the guy could be the best DB in Canada today. Uh, And then there's Evan Holm, who's just, you know, Knocking down passes and amongst the league leaders in that category. So you know they, they've got some players back there. Uh, again, though, you can you can be the greatest players in the world if you can't tackle. You're gonna have bad. Uh, you're gonna have bad results.
1: Uh, uh, just before we go, uh, it, interesting week in the CFL in uh, some big lines. I mean, Bombers are a massive favorite, no surprise. BC is now a double-digit favorite against the Riders, and you know I'm not used to seeing like eight being hung up for matchups between the Argos and the Ticats. But that one in particular just speaks to the issues the Ticats have had, but the fact that the Argos seem to look like they won the Grey Cup and it's just been going up from there. What a start they've had out east. I mean, I don't know if you agree, but I mean, I look at the west, there's BC and Winnipeg and everybody else, and Toronto and everyone else. It sort of seems like there's three legitimate Grey Cup contenders right now, and the rest of these six teams are just looking to try to prove that they're worthy of being in the postseason.
0: No question. Toronto looks really good. Chad Kelly, he's coming as advertised and then some. You know, pro football focus ranked him, uh, had the highest rated single game score amongst CFL quarterbacks for the entire season so far. You know, and and I think with that is, um, you know, a lot of that is because of the leadership that he is bringing, but he does it with his legs. He does it with his arm. He has been responsible with the football. The Argos—they've got something going there, um, no, no question. I don't know if anybody's going to be able to, to really push them for first place in the East. As far as the West, you know, like Winnipeg, BC—that game is just around the corner. Elks tonight, then a bye week, and then uh, August fourth, I think it is. Um, the BC Lions coming to Winnipeg for a Thursday night rematch. That's the third, uh, yeah, August third. Two weeks today. That, that that's going to be an, an awesome game there, and I think going to really um, set the tone for the second half of the season. But um, you know, BC they're coming off a bye. Saskatchewan coming off you know one of the most dramatic finishes of we did it, we lost it, we did it, no, we lost it again uh, that that we've seen in the CFL in a long time. So um, maybe that emotional roller coaster will help them. Uh, but you know, ultimately you got to go against a BC Lions team in their house. Uh, Big capacity crowd expected. I think they've opened up the upper deck for that game. So they'll be approaching 30,000, if not exceeding it. Awesome. Uh, that, that's going to be a really, really tough, tough spot uh, for Saskatchewan to get back on the winning track.
1: All those fans have traditionally been in Edmonton that have disappeared, now showing up in BC. Yeah. Um, Darren, we'll look forward to uh, you kicking it off after the game tonight on Bonfire Sports. Have a great one. Enjoy the game tonight. A good show this evening and a great weekend. Thanks for doing this.
0: Yeah, I encourage everybody to join us on the post game. We'll see you then you got it. What is it? About an hour afterwards or oh, uh, 15 like, minutes. We'll we'll go quick after.
1: Yeah. You get right afterwards. All exactly. right, well folks, you know where to go and even if you're uh you know spending your time driving home, you will be ready to go on YouTube as soon as you uh, get back to the pad after the bombers, fingers crossed. Take care of the Edmonton Elks tonight. All right, Scott Bilk's coming up. We'll get his thoughts on the blue and gold. And of course, the Jets off season. Just before you do that, I uh, got to give a big shout out to our friends over at Vita Health Fresh Markets with the best prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products and groceries in town and Winnipeg's largest selection and assortment of local products too at any one of their six Vita Health stores or online at myvita.ca. Barbecue season's in full swing. Get on down to Vita Health for delicious Vita Market grass-fed bison and beef steaks and you can wash those down with some sober carpenter beer or Zevia sodas. And uh, listen, a lot of people doing picnics, day trips, and whatnot. If you haven't already, get on down and check out their grab-and-go lunches. Delivered fresh twice a week. And this month, get a free sapsucker drink with any Vita Market sandwich or wrap. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Six Winnipeg locations and online at myvita.ca. Wallace & Wallace is busy right now helping out Winnipeggers with their fencing and overhead door needs as the leaders in both since 1946. If you need the security and protection of a new fence, they've got any kind you need, vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood. And if you do have a garage door need, they are the clopay dealer in Manitoba and have Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. Uh, it's easy as a call to 452-2700 for the Wallace and Wallace team to make a time to come out and give you a free estimate. You could also visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Keniston. Now, tonight, the dress code is as follows. Bombers in white. So you might want to be bringing your whites to the game tonight. Um, That being said, when it comes to the wardrobe for the rest of summer, wedding season, and into the fall, you might need to up your wardrobe game. And if that is the case, guys, um, help your closet out with a trip down to F apparel. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. And if you are at a wedding party... discount for all the fellows when you get your suits over at F Apparel. Find out more, 190 Smith Street downtown. Check them out online at F or make an appointment at F. That's E-P-H apparel.com. And as we bring in Scotty Billick, a big shout out to our friends at the Nick and Nicky DQ group. We've got gorgeous weather here in the middle of summer. It's the good kind of blizzard season in southern Manitoba. Check out the new summer blizzard flavors at DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, or the DQ out in Niverville. Scott Billick of the Sun joins us now. Billick, what's going on, man? How are you?
3: It's good. For those who want the weekly Diablo Four update, there's a new season out right now. So I uh, just started today. So I've been.
1: Did pretending you finish to the work, last one?
3: Really? I did. Yeah. 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 We'll see how, how many the first hours. One.
1: How many hours did you put into that sucker?
3: I don't. I'm not gonna.
1: I'm not gonna say. Too many. We don't need to. Wait, wait, we need <laughs> to go
3: down that road. <clears throat> Yeah, I wish I could get paid for how many hours I put in for this stuff. So is but, there you know, esports for Diablo? I have no idea. I have to, I need to become like a streamer like a yeah. YouTuber, right? Or whatever. Like something like that where it's just like maybe. I like I don't know. I think I'd probably just end up getting cancelled. And it's not because I'm whatever, it's just like I just I get you mean? Mad you're one of me. the
1: wokest dudes around. How, how would you well, possibly maybe, be cancelled?
3: But- Maybe, but I'm just uh, canceled. Maybe is not the right word. I just think people might um, respect me less with all the language I would use. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, that probably was a lot of Bomber
1: fans last Saturday afternoon oh. in the third in the last three oh, minutes of man. that football game. I mean, listen, we've talked a lot about it, but yeah. I'll just ask you: as we will get to some Jets and some hockey topics, but what do you expect from this Bomber team tonight? Getting Kenny Lawler back, going up against yeah. a winless Elks team, but with the bad taste of Saturday's crazy loss and blown lead um, still fresh in their mind on such a short week.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think tonight is the night to you know f- finally flush that for the Bobbers, right? Like maybe the, one of the best parts about that loss, if you can call it that, or one of the one of the silver linings there is that you know they turn around it pretty quick this week. They practice one time had to walk through yesterday um I was there on on Tuesday I mean it was a closed practice so we didn't even really see Kenny Lawler practicing but um yeah he's back obviously so they you know they got that boost plus you know just the idea that they can you know kind of reverse this against a really 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 bad Edmonton Elks team um but I mean that loss yeah you know, I had to watch so I was on holidays last week and I I I missed the like, I didn't watch it live and but I watched it on Sunday, and I was like, holy moly. Like, how? okay, like, when is this? Like, I knew what the result was. So was I, I heard that they lost, but I, I kept pretty good, like, um, I, I kept out how kind of they lost for a day because I was out Clear Lake, and I didn't really have any much reception out there and all that. So I uh, I watched the game. Okay, well, like, when are they going to lose, you know? And then I watched the ending. I'm like, okay, so there's, it's, like, literally, like, 25 to, like, 9 with three minutes to go. I'm like, okay, well, something crazy is going to happen, right? And, of course, it does. And, and, you know, it just goes absolutely mental. That Dustin Crumb guy just running rampant on them and on both sides of the overtime period, you know, went to tie the like game. It, it just, it, it was, I, I couldn't really, like, it, it, we're just not used to this, right? Like, you know, when we watch the Bombers, we're not used to them giving up, you know, a lead like that. We're not used to them not being able to run the ball when they needed to in the fourth quarter or even at any at point all. really in that game, right? I mean, yeah, exactly, all of it. Pryor Rivera had what nine carries for sixteen yards, and and the whole team had twenty six yards total uh, on the ground. Like that's just that's uh, that's that's unheard of in a team that's been blessed with Andrew Harris for all those years, and even Brady, who had you know kind of figured it out last year, and and had some good games this year too. So it it's yeah, it, it's just it's 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 not it's not normal. You know, this isn't a normal Bombers team, but I think we're finding out this year. And I talked to Buck Pierce about it on on Tuesday down at the at IG Field, and I was like. And, and you know the one thing he said, which was sort of surprising, was like they're they're still trying to find out who they are, which is you know it's an interesting thing to hear because you know this is a team that probably has the least amount of turnover across the league, and especially in a lot of their skilled positions or O line, the D line. Um, th- this this is a team that that v- is very familiar with one another, very familiar with the culture, how it works, and all that. Um, <laughs> maybe Moustiqua was right a little bit, you know, like, you know, maybe they are just getting a bit old. Maybe, maybe it's just taking some time. I, I don't know. I, it's hard to kind of put a finger on, you know, what it is other than the fact that, you know, the online isn't creating thing and they had no answer when they, when Ottawa stacked the box there against a the run. I mean, obviously Zach Blair was through, but a lot of it, was out of necessity. I mean, Mike, 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 Michael Shea bristled that, that a bit. I mean, but it was, I mean, there, there was a reason why, you know, Zach Claros had nearly 400 yards in that game is because, well, he couldn't really hand the ball off anymore. And, and then, and then, yeah, then the, the defense just faded, but you kind of expect that when you're, you're, you know you're not really doing much on offense in that game. And, and so you just continue getting the ball back, but Michael shit was right when he spoke Tuesday about it. He he was, you know, and, and I talked to Patty Newfeld too, and, and you know, they, they shot themselves in the foot. There was, Obviously the fumble, Olivera's fumble, the drop passes, um, missed sacks on the bombers. I mean, the bombers missed a few sacks that would have would would change the game, a couple missed tackles, and you know, but you could look at Ottawa on that one deep pass earlier on in the game. That could have changed the complexion of the game too. So yeah, it, it just I think we've just seen some performances from the bombers this year that that we just haven't seen in a while. So it it, it may come across as a bit shocking, but it, it does seem like this team is really just trying to find its find itself. You know, it's trying to, you, <laughs> you know, trying I, I to I don't find know. themselves. Yeah, the Edmonton Elks. Well, <laughs> speaking <laughs> yeah. of trying
1: to find something, I mean, they, um, <laughs> no, yeah. I, this and as I mentioned, I was out with a couple of guys, I met a couple of guys that work with the club. You know, and. um I mean, it really is incredible. Um, and, like, Chris Jones is not just some guy. Like, he's had incredible success in this league. And to think that they're now into year, like another season after everything that happened yeah. last year, and it's arguably getting worse. Um, yeah. As much as, I mean, I really do expect that we're going to see a pissed-off bomber team. I, we just mm-hmm. talked about the running game. I think the offensive line is going to take this personally. Interesting that Liam Dobson is starting uh, I have a feeling that we're going to see a heavy dose of Brady Oliveira early. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that this offense takes the foot off the gas either today, Scott. I mean,
3: no, listen, they you, sure you they. learn a lesson
1: yeah. with what happened last week. But this is just a bad, bad spot for a bad football team to be coming in against an ornery, ornery Winnipeg club. And uh, I think the losses continue to mount, but... They are really, really up against it tonight, even with the extra couple days of practice compared to the Bombers' short week.
3: I mean, I guess the one question I have about Edmonton and and Chris Jones more than anything is, it, it was Chris Jones... Is he as good as, like, people kind of said that he is? Like, I, I just wonder, right? Like, I mean, I think He's a better coach than a GM, I'll say that much. I, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, And maybe that's probably the key, right? I mean, just get him out of the GM chair and just let him coach a football team, right? Like, you know, let somebody else bring the players in and whatever. Maybe, maybe that's it, right? Because, you know, I think this whole allure and aura of Chris Jones and his, um, I don't know, the, the defiance and all that stuff that he used to have, like, I mean, it's just like, that's all well and good, but when you start losing and you don't have results, it, like it doesn't, it, it just, it, it's just a facade, right? Like it, you need to mix a win in once in a while. Well, you, you do, <laughs> right? Like you can't start a, a season zero and six and 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 talk like Chris Jones does. Like I, I just, yeah, I, I think he's one more overrated guys, you know, at least over the last few years. But, um, but you know, that said, I mean, I, you know, there's gonna be. Pro- I guess, yeah. I mean, the Bombers should wipe the floor of the Edmonton, Alex. I wonder when the pride or whatever is going to kick in in Edmonton because, I mean, they got to figure it out. Like, you know, this is a team that hasn't won it. I mean, what's their record at home? Like, they, they haven't won at home in, in years, right? Like, that, that's it's 2019. Twenty nineteen. that long? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's a uh, long time in football, (laughs) dude.
1: It's an all time record now in North American sports, all sports. That's what I mean. Like 20 straight home losses, and Mm. their next two home games are against BC and Winnipeg. I think that St. Louis Browns are going to be left in the dust (laughs) in the next couple games out of Commonwealth.
3: It's just, it's, it's, you know, it's unfortunate because you know, Edmonton's a good market for football. We've seen what their owner has done this year, they're trying to get that. You know, market. I mean, this is the thing. Like, you don't in a CFL and a team that only has is you know as few teams as the CFL does. Like, you you don't want to see markets kind of struggle in this way, right? I mean, I think that's you know, like we we watched last year the Toronto Argonauts won the Grey Cup, and like I mean, I remember it took like one or two days for them the team to even put a story like that they won the Grey Cup on the website,
1: like social media team is partying too hard.
3: Well, probably. I mean, fair (laughs) point. But you know, you know, and 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 all power to them. But finish the job right Still I mean, embarrassing you're, you're, it is right and so like you just you know for, from you know and I, I've been a fan of the league you know since I was a kid I, you know, I watch obviously the early days I remember Tom Canada being one of my favorite players growing up and and all that stuff and and but you know you just like this league needs those teams but they need them to win too right like I mean obviously there's always going to be bad teams like it happens every year but you don't want a team that's, a, you know, has been, a, you know, a, a, and as, bar- as embarrassing as kind of the Elks have been. And yeah, I mean, yeah. So you kind of hope it turns around for them just, you know, for the, for the, for the league's sake. But, uh, but I agree with you. I mean, I think the Bombers come in tonight with, with some bad intentions um, and, and, and really looking, I mean, people are going to say after, well, it was the Elks or whatever, but I think for the Bombers, they just need to go out and play a four quarter football game. Cause I mean, that's one thing Nick Dembski said after, um, or on Tuesday, you know, they they just stopped playing. Like they didn't play a four quarter game. I burned them, right? And I think that if with this team and the way that we know how this team kind of responds to these sorts of things, and 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 just the pride in that in that in that in that locker room, um, yeah, I would expect yeah, just a you know a a, a a bit of a beating tonight. Let's just put it that way.
1: Um, let's move it over to uh, the local hockey side. Obviously, it's yeah. a very slow time for the league in general. But we do have arbitration dates, and now we've got the two arbitration dates that have been avoided. Yeah. Um, Morgan Barron getting his deal. He joined us earlier this week had a nice chat with Morgan. The interesting one, though, was his Gabriel Velarde. Um mm-hmm. what, what did you think about the the two year deal, the number, and um, um, did you expect any different?
3: I, I didn't expect anything different on a, on a, on a, on a, on, a, on the length, like the, on the term. No, I mean I think. I think, I mean, you just look at this offseason, the way free agency went. Um, guys are taking one, two, maybe even three-year deals, and then just, you know, okay, well, the cap's going to go up, and and that's when they can cash in a big ticket, right? And so, um, you know, the Jets couldn't offer him. I mean, they, they could have offered him a bigger ticket, but what, what's a big ticket to Vlardy, right? Like, you give him $5.5 over eight years, I don't know if he was willing to take that because if he turns into you know, potentially a number one center in the, on this team, if that's the way it kind of pans out over time, um, there's a lot of money that he'd be leaving on the board, especially when you start buying all those UFA years. So, I, I think this is a good deal for for Gabe Velarde. It, you know, it, it's a it's a reasonable contract for him. I, I think a lot of the projections maybe had him more in the four million range. So, you know, that's where it turns into a pretty good deal for the Jets too, um, in terms of the cap and, and all that, because they still have a few guys to sign, but. Yeah, I mean, that, that's not going to be a lot of money, but I mean, you still have to make sure you have that and, and then account for bonuses. And we don't know what's happening with Mark Shafley or Connor Hellebuck yet. I, I think the re- one of the reports yesterday was, you know, the Jets, uh, it, don't be surprised if the Jets go into the season with Hellebuck um, starting in the goal. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I, you know, even I, I I've changed my tune a bit on that. Like it is risky, but I mean, if sometimes I mean that's just the risk you assume when there's just not a market for a guy like that right now or not getting the return that you would hope for. So yeah, maybe you, I'm with you.
1: I mean, I think with yeah. both of those two guys, I mean, I mean, it's just not especially, there, right. I um, mean, if there was something that made sense for the team to to do, I think they've done it. I mean, people yeah, can talk so. whatever they want about any narratives around Mark Shifley. I mean, just yeah. listen, he has been on the block for the entire season, the entire off season.
2: Mm-hmm. I think
1: it's very clear that the, team as an organization would be would be fine with moving on from that player getting some good pieces and then you know kind of having that turn the page if you will from that but i mean the winnipeg jets no team but especially the jets cannot be in the business of trading key parts of their team for 40 or 50 cents on the dollar and that apparently is basically all that's been available right now. And I do wonder whether maybe that changes as we get closer, particularly with that situation in Boston. But yep. other than that, um, I mean, you know, if that's the case, you got to figure out a way to make it work, and hopefully you've got a better option at some point during the season. And as far as Hellebuck goes, I mean, yeah, listen, teams are freaked out about the length and the amount of money that Connor Hellebuck wants, justifiably so, he's earned. Yep. I do wonder if there's more money available here than there are elsewhere and more years available here than there are elsewhere. And if that potentially maybe changes the tune on whether there could be some sort of an extension. But, I mean, much like the Shifley situation, if you're not getting close to what the value is for a guy that is your best player, yeah, you don't trade him at that point. And, I mean, listen... Yeah. I, I, both of those guys, and I know, and listen, I would not like to see this happen, have both of them play out their contracts and then sign elsewhere as free uh, agents. Oh, yeah, I don't think that, yeah. I mean, it's not, that that's not the best way. But again, there's also value to have those guys on the deals that they are right now in the primes of their careers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that that is not, if the fact of what those guys can bring to the team right now, at least up until the trade deadline, doesn't far exceed anything that's being thrown their way right now. And I think that's a big reason why we're starting to hear a little bit more from the Elliott Friedmans that, eh, you know, I know we've yeah. talked a lot about trading these guys, but just not sure that that happens.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, and yeah, you know, I've, like I said, like, I mean, I've, I've softened on this a bit because. Because part of the risk here is that this would happen, right? I mean, we, you know, I think when we saw the goalie market, especially the goalie market, kind of swell a little bit, and, you know, you still have potentially John Gibson out there who is on a Connor Hellebuck contract right now, but for the next four years. So you have a guy that's potentially two to $3 million less. And I'm not saying that John Gibson's on the same level as Connor Hellebuck. He has been in the past, and, and I, I believe he's one of the most underrated guys in the league, just playing on a really bad team. But, but, you know, the, you know, is it worth using that two or three extra million somewhere else in your ri- lineup and to have, you know, instead of an S tier goalie, you have an A tier goalie, right? Like, I mean, and so that's a thing. I, I just like, I wonder about some teams, like you look at the LA Kings, right. And I'm not saying the jets are going to go right back to that. Well, but are the, are the LA Kings like comfortable going into the year with Phoenix Copley and, 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 and Cam Talbot as their one, two, so. No, and so like I mean I'm you know I'm looking maybe at big save thing. Dave maybe big save Dave's gonna come in and steal the <laughs> number one job and be maybe. the story of the season, maybe, um, but but probably not. So so I mean in, in the in in the in the likelihood of that not happening, uh, you know, do the Jets try and go back there and see if they can get a, a, a Kaliev or a, a Byfield? Like I don't know. Like, here's the thing with L.A. You look at this team. You know they went out and spent a lot to get Pierre Dubois they're they're looking to win you know they just re-signed um they re-signed uh Kopitar um so you know what what's the what's the plan there you know like what what's the plan if your goal attending a month through the season is you know your team save percentage is one of the worst in the league like you're gonna get desperate and then desperate teams do desperate things right I mean that's. So, you know, I, I get that. Like, I get that. And Hellbuck has been one of the most durable goaltenders. Uh, you know, so, you, you know, you, if you're the Jets, you, you're probably not worried about it as much as, you know, or nervous, but you're still nervous about it. And, I, you know, I think the same thing extends to Mark Shifley. I mean, season-ending injuries don't happen all that often, but they, they happen. And and it that's just, like, that's the biggest fear the Jets would have is, you know, something like that happens. And then these guys walk for absolutely nothing in the summer. Plus, you don't get anything out of them during the regular season for whatever you know time that might be. We do get to um, a you know, situation,
1: but, and I know we've talked about this before. Yeah, that if just, if this team has a really good year, well, I, I, I mean, if Schaefer's playing well and Connor Hellebuck's Connor Hellebuck, and they're sitting in second place in the Central Division, yeah, and you get to the trade deadline. I mean, uh, it, it. let's face it, it does make it a hell of a lot harder to pull the trigger on that deal. I, I don't think there's a, sure. an argument to be made for that. Um, we've seen St. Louis in the past. Now, yeah. again, I can't remember a team that was actually in a playoff spot. Like, it's one thing to be in the mix for a playoff spot. Right. I'm trying to think of an example of a team that is sort of where the Jets are right now. And if they mm. do play above their expectations, and there <laughs> they are, you know, with the chance of, you know, you're second or third. You're very much in it in the postseason. Although, you know, not probably realistically a legit Stanley Cup contender. Although, we all said that about the Florida Panthers last year, and they ended up in the final. You know what I'm yep. saying, though. I do, yep. um, Because Because, just going no, back to your Kings example,
3: Yeah.
1: pick like a team like L.A., and they go through this year winning a bunch of games, being in a really good spot to contend... But knowing that they've got below average goaltending, which mm-hmm. just isn't gonna cut it in the postseason. Like, what's the value of a hell of at the deadline, even without any sort sure. of extension on an affordable deal already that really is not gonna cost you much because two thirds of his salary's already been eaten up by games that he's played for the Winnipeg Jets? Like and I would say yeah. the same thing for Shifley. I mean, obviously there's a lot of baggage with Shif. Uh, that a lot of people are quite aware of around the National Hockey League, and I think that Mm -hmm. sort of diminished his value. But if he was able to come back and sort of do a little bit of reputation um, repair and play well and produce, I mean, the fact of the matter is those guys would be key additions. There's no responsibility beyond that season if the teams don't want to resign the guys. And history tell, tell us over and over and over again that those guys, like, look at what the Jets got for Andrew Kopp at the deadline. Oh, I know. Yeah. So, what does that yeah. mean for a helibucker shifley if that is the case? The problem oh, yeah. is, though, if they're doing well, that, those trades are very, very hard to make, and you don't see them very often by
3: teams that are legitimate playoff teams. No, and, like, who do you piss off in the, like, you, you, this is the problem, like, we saw it last year at the deadline where guys were upset that the Jets didn't go harder in, and that's on the team, and that's with this team, which was at the time, a bubble—you know—they were, a, you know, essentially a bubble team. Like we knew who the Winnipeg Jets were going to be. But if you're in like second place, like you said, I mean, using that example, and then you sort of give up on the team, like uh, that—that's not something that, that again, like that's not really something that the Jets can afford to do when you're trying to, when you're trying to attract players to sign here, to sign, you know, to 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 stay here or whatever. Can you really? I mean, you, you would you would put yourself into a really an impossible situation in, in that case, and I think at that point you just have to go for it, right? Like, I don't think, I don't know, and this might sound insane because it sounds insane to me. Because, like, I mean, I'm been the one saying the whole time, like, it, it's very risky just to go into the season. Never mind past the trade deadline, where you're not gonna you know, you're not going to get anything for these guys. Banners fly forever, right? I mean, that's the one thing, but. And and you know if you win everything changes the whole pressure and all that kind of stuff goes away. But I mean, that that's that's a hell of a dice roll, right? I mean, especially for a team that has such a tough time. Like you, you know, we saw with this with the Pierre Luc Dubois trade, they they got a couple of guys with term in that trade. Like that's what they need. You can't be, you're not going to be getting guys with term, and you might lose your best goaltender. Well, one of the Well, literally one of the league's best goaltenders and 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 a top tier center. For nothing like that, that, that. That's just a really, they put the Jets would put themselves in a really rough situation if they did that. Now, you know, if but you're in second place, I mean, there's a, probably a reason why you're in second place at that time of the year. It would, it would have to be so convincing hus Like, I mean, I think that's where it would have to be. It would have to be so convincing for a lot of people, right? For the fan base, for for the Jets organization. Yeah, that's because what I'm saying. It's it, it it so easy future, for fans
1: right? or the geniuses in our chat that have the info yeah. that they have the answers for everything. It's so easy to just say, well, just go and do this. First of all, we know that the offers haven't been there for these players. So right. I'm not sure there's anyone that's saying, Yeah, make shitty trades and just yeah. get rid right. of two of your best yeah. and most yeah. important players. Yeah. I haven't seen that but it's super easy to say you know what listen I know you're having a great season and these guys have worked all that all that time to get to where they are and just say well sorry guys big picture yeah. we're getting rid of these guys I'll tell you what it's a very different conversation with the general manager than it is for the head coach um, sure. and, and then and then there's the other part of I mean, we, we focus in on Hellebuck and we focus in on Shifley for obvious reasons. Yeah, but what about But Conner? there's Brandon DeMille, uh, Brandon oh, Dillon, sure. there's Dylan yeah. DeMello, there's Nino exactly. Niederreiter. And then there's a few guys that have a little bit more term on them. Yeah. Um, If you feel that you just cut their legs out from them, it's difficult. And listen, I think what this all says is that if they can get resolution on this, preferably earlier on in the season, if not before, I think that's certainly the best case scenario, even if, and I do maintain, I'm not sure that the time of max value for these trades coming back might in fact be at the trade deadline.
3: Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're probably right on that, right? Like, max value at the deadline, desperate teams, teams that are really looking to go for it 100%. Like, I I totally agree with you. Um, And again, that's the other thing you kind of have to negotiate if you're Kevin Shovel Day off. It's like, okay... You know, let's say they get a, a you know, a, a, an above-average offer for one of these guys. Like, do you pull the trigger on that, knowing that you at least have some certainty, right? Like, on at least one of them, right? I mean, uh, and this is the thing you kind of have to go over as a GM, which are again, like, you, you're you know, th- for fans, oh yeah, it might be easy to say yes or yay or nay to, to all these things, but there, there's so much on the line, especially for Kevin Troubledale, because. You know, I, I I don't know how hot his seat is. I, I you know, I, we obviously we, we can tell over the last twelve years it doesn't get that hot. I think it's been hotter in in the last little while. Of it's course, not hot, not making the right play, right? But yeah, I'm not saying it's hot, I don't think but it I'm is. just saying like th- this is a team that has been so conservative and so, um, you know, I like to say kick the can down the road in terms of their future all the time, right? That there's always this like. There's always going to be this next guy coming up and you're just hoping like this guy changes or alters, you know, the organization. Now you got McCrory and Barlow and those well, guys yeah, next year kind of is that year. Like I that know, is legitimately right? the case. Yeah. And so, but can you, I, I just, I, I don't see this team being able to really be able to absorb what like the, the Columbus model, right? Like when Columbus kept a of hold of Bobrovsky and Panarin and lost those guys, for nothing that that was a big problem for that team because Columbus, like Winnipeg, I mean, obviously they signed Johnny Goudreau and, and all that. They got Patrick Liney resigned. That team's kind of coming out of that now, um, but that th- th- there, there's some years there where it's like okay, free agents aren't really the ones aren't really wanting to go to Columbus. They don't really want to go to Winnipeg. You know, so you got it. like, it, there's just so many moving parts on this one, and this is why it's very complex, right? And like, this is why this isn't as cut and dry as it would be in Toronto or Vegas or whatever, where it's just, like, everybody wants to play with these teams, and they have no problem attracting guys at any time. So, you know, that's where the, the challenges are for, for Kevin Chubb and this team to try and figure out, you know, do we take an above-average offer? Do we, you know, like, at what point, like, what's the... What's the threshold that needs to be met? We're never going to know that until we figure it out. You
1: know what? And listen, I mean, we should remember this conversation when we get to, (laughs) say, like U.S. Thanksgiving. Sure, yeah, yeah. Because um, the one thing that can change this scenario right now, like, listen, we all agree the Winnipeg Jets have been open to do business with both of these players. And I think it was expected, to be honest, in that organization that at least one if not, both of them probably would have already been moved. But the market hasn't been there. Yeah. The market can change very quickly with one injury in the, in the month of October yeah. or early on. And or if the
3: Jets are out of it, like American Thanksgiving. right? But we know this stat about American Thanksgiving. Here's the thing, though. Spot, the Jets can right? be
1: out of it. That's fine. If yeah. the market doesn't change.
3: True. Yeah, of course.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, like the one thing, I mean, Kevin Sheveldayoff, you can give him a hard time on – you know being conservative or being very patient on the one thing that they realize that they need to do is come out of these trades with deals that make sense for the club i mean they don't quite have the wiggle room they can't whiff on a bunch of these things because they don't have that backup of going and making things happen in free agency like a lot of other teams that can maybe erase those mistakes so i mean the whole thing the whole thing is fascinating but to yeah. me, I mean, what needs to change is the situations in some other spots because I think the Winnipeg Jets have been very, very, um, listen, they've acknowledged where they're at. They understand the yeah. situation, and that is why we've heard so much smoke around this team so much. Yeah. And listen, the Dubois thing did get done because they had a trade that made sense for them right now. Yeah. That being said, going forward, hey, listen, I, I mean, obviously this is a fun topic and we can get on this. Yeah. By the way, everyone, I hope I didn't, hope I didn't hurt anyone's <laughs> feelings with my genius crack. I was joking, of course. Um, but uh, there's still a few RFAs. Listen, I think yeah. Kapari's going to get whatever a deal yeah. would be very simple. It could be cheap. Yeah. Um, Declan Chisholm will be the same thing. Yeah. What do you think happens with Logan Stanley?
3: Oh, that's such a good question, right? Because they they used him so much last year, and I think he just has a little bit of leverage there on, on that. Not not a ton, right? I mean, dude,
1: but he like played the, nineteen games.
3: Did he only play nineteen this yeah. past season? I thought he like, played. Well, maybe it was the last the year before that. Then yeah, he, I mean he that had was all the, the injuries thing. this year, right? He yeah, got yeah, hurt, sorry.
1: and then he got yeah, straight man, up left in the dust by Dylan
3: Samberg. Yeah, I don't think so there's he, a single person right, in that organization sorry, yeah.
1: that thinks that Logan Stanley is going to be.
3: No, I'm surprised he hasn't been traded yet. But you know, I, I honestly think that that he's a guy that, if you're trying to get prize something out of somewhere else, you know, you, you can you know you can float Logan Stanley there. I'm not not entirely sure there's a lot of teams that are. I mean, obviously they're not chomping at the bit to you know to trade for Logan Stanley because I think a trade would be made right now. Like, what what what's the expectation of a return for Logan Stanley? Jets aren't getting a first round pick for him, um, obviously. Um and he and he's just not the defenseman they thought he would be. And and when a guy's that big, I mean he shouldn't be as is passive the right word. Like I it's just it, it's it's just that he should be way more physical. He don't right? play and, six seven. He is six no, seven, but I he know. doesn't and play six this seven, seven enough. Was my problem with like Tyler Myers too is like you're so big. But, like, you don't always play with that. So, like, Zidane Char was perfect at, at that. And, and again, we don't have a ton of these huge guys that that we can draw upon. But, like, it's like, yeah, I think there's just, like, and I think the same thing with Myers. It was like anytime you hit a guy, you usually elbowed him in the head. So, But I'm off course here. Like, I, you know, for Logan Stanley, I, I don't think, I mean, what's he getting? A million and a half? You know, a million, whatever? Like, I mean, I, I don't if know. Not, like, I, that, I think the like,
1: negotiation is is much like the other ones. Like, okay, this well, is. Well, it's
3: like, here's what you're going to get. And then, you know, we're still trying to trade you. Like, I mean, I, I think, I, I mean, I don't know if Logan Stanley's trade request has been rescinded or anything like that. Like, I, and especially with Declan Chisholm coming up, like, you know, I've, I saw some people on Twitter saying, well, there's no way that Declan Chisholm plays. I'm like, the 100% there is. Like, uh, I mean, I think that De- Declan Chisholm is going to play out of necessity because you can't send him I mean you're gonna lose him through waivers, right? And and you don't wanna do that. Um and you know, I think Chisholm's just probably better than Stanley. And, and and you know we'll see when he starts actually playing in the NHL because you know a lot of people say now, well Chisholm's better than Stanley. That, that might be true. Still gotta see him play in the in, in the NHL and he hasn't been afforded the chances that that, that really. Had, that's the other thing. He, he still just have brings so right? many different things. He to does. the I, table I, than what Stanley does, right? Oh, I, hundred percent agree. Like, I mean, I, and I think, and that, I think that's why he plays over Stanley next year. Um, and I think they have to find a spot for him, right? I mean, this is the thing. Like, I don't know what they're going to do on D, <clears throat> because this is the off season where, like, okay, well, you know, if if Demello's not going to resign or Brendan Dillon's not going to resign, like, maybe you ship one of those guys out now. I mean. You know Dylan's a little more expensive, but I think there's a lot of teams that would want that that size and that leadership. But I think the Jets want that size and that leadership. I, you know, Dylan Demello's contract might be the easier one to move. I mean, it's cheaper, obviously. Um, and we know you know what you're getting out of Dylan Mount, really good defenseman, right? Defensive defenseman um, had a bit of a scoring touch last year, as we saw. Um, but you know, you got to make room for Chisholm because you don't want him being the seventh defenseman next year. I don't think. Not, not in my opinion, at least. I mean, at some point you got to start graduating some of these guys, and it, because Billy gets kind of the short end of the stick here because he's still got one more year of waiver exemption. So unless he kind of forces his way onto the roster in training camp, I, I think you know that's a chisel chisel spot. But then what do you do with Kyle Capoyanko, right? Like, what do you do with him? He was a bit of a favorite of Rick Bonus's last year, even though he barely played him. I'll tell you um, one thing what's happening is know. they're
1: going to have eight defensemen. They're going to probably for sure have eight defensemen on the Just roster for the first little rile. <laughs> well, I mean, another, listen, guys yeah. get hurt. I mean, it's unrealistic yeah. to think everyone's going to be healthy all year. But to start that season, I think Chisholm's on the roster. Mm-hmm. And whether he's in the top six or not, I mean, that's neither here nor there in game number one of the year. Um, yeah. Capabianco, maybe he's put on waivers. And you know what? If someone grabs him, they do. Someone grabs Stanley for sure on waivers. Like they'll take a chance on him. Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's just if they get to that point where, you know what, Logan, we're moving on with other guys, they see if they can grab a sixth round
3: pick from somebody. But
1: uh, the market is not there. Anyway, I think if that
3: was out there, they would have already done it. Like, unless they're holding out for something higher, which I mean, what, what like what would give you like what would any team want to give other than maybe a fifth or a sixth and and possibly just a seventh? like nobody wants I, I don't think anybody wants him otherwise he would have been I think he would have been traded by now I think you would have taken another yep. pick in this year's draft if you would have gotten him whether it's a seventh rounder or not I like I think the Jets would have gladly taken another pick they liked that draft they liked what they got I think they would have just taken another pick for him you know because it's not working out for him here. And, you know, if you can replace him with another guy, whatever. So At a certain
1: point, you're going to be faced with the decision of getting something or getting nothing uh, when you have to cut down for the beginning of the season. Enjoy this game tonight and uh, have an awesome weekend. Uh, We'll do it again next week, Scotty.
3: Yeah, sounds good, guys. Appreciate
1: it. There's uh, Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun. Uh, Okay, well, of course, it's game day. And you know what that means, folks? 5.30 p.m., Things get going at the Princess Auto Tailgate Zone just outside of IG Field. 350, dollars 50 popping hot dogs, $5 beers, DJ Finesse spinning, uh, great stuff. If you are going to the game, get there early and take in the Princess Auto Tailgate Zone. Of course, Princess Auto, big sponsors of the Winnipeg Sports Talk and the Blue and Golden, the Princess Auto game coming up on August 24th as well. Find out more and shop online at princessauto.com. Got to shout out our friends at Consolidated Supply, Winnipeg's Leaders in Irrigation Systems, Artificial Turf and Golf Carts, the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba, and have other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens. Not to mention, they are the leaders in small engine parts and repair. Whatever you need, they've got you covered in so many different ways. Pop by and see them at the showroom. Open to the public at 1395 Nyakwa Road East, or find out more online at their newly relaunched website at cte.ca. If you got your weights on for the Bomber game tonight, if you do need them, come on down to Royal Sports. And listen, you know they've got the best selection. We're going to pick Jets gear, all your Bomber gear as well, NFL, Major League Baseball, Blue Jays, One thing you might not know is that they are the soccer headquarters. We got the women playing tonight. Let's go, ladies, against uh, Nigeria. New jerseys are in, and we won't get into the ridiculous management of Canada soccer, but if you do want to support the team, you can get the new gear ready to go for the Women's World Cup at at, uh, Royal Sports and so much more. Pop on down and see them, 750 Pemina Highway, and uh, online Instagram Royal Sports Canada for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Hey, if you're not going to the game tonight, uh, or maybe after the Bomber game, slide into your local BP for Canada Nigeria on the big screen with big sound, ice cold schooners, world famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and the latest from the BP feature menu. Nowhere better to get together with your crew to watch the big game than BP. And of course, if you're staying in, you can order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, rare matinee, weekday matinee for the Blue Jays. It's always great to catch up with our pal Andrew Stodden. You can find his work at the batflip.ca. Andrew, what's going on, man? How are you?
4: I'm doing great. Just watching the Blue Jays game. It is a rare weekday matinee, but uh, yeah, it's nice. How uh, do things I'll look at the
1: South? They're trying to salvage something out of this series that uh, started with a bit of a thud in these first two <laughs> games against the Padres.
4: Yeah, it really did. Uh, Vladdy, as as we speak, just hit a, uh, a an opposite field home run. Two nothing. They are up uh, at the very moment uh, here. So hopefully that holds. They're, they're set up well. They got Swanson and Romano ready to go in the ninth inning, uh, the eighth and ninth. So. Yeah. uh, Hopefully they can salvage something and and sort of get back on the the vibe train that they were on, you know, just before and coming out of the All-Star break.
1: Hey, listen, I I just have to quickly ask you about the visitors. You know, you see that lineup in San Diego and you see what they've done the last couple days. How the hell is this team 46 (laughs) and 50?
4: It's wild, I mean, and they've had a lot of the same problems that the Jays had have had in terms of the runners and scoring position stuff, which you know isn't isn't uh, something that's sort of in their character it's just they've just happened haven't happened to get the hits when when they've needed them. I think that's really you know in a lot of ways been the main struggle for them this year um but yeah, no, it's just a loaded lineup they're spending a ton of money. Uh and and you know it, it looks like they're ha- they have decisions to make as the trade di- deadline approaches, right? I mean cuz that is a that's a team that should be a contender but right now it just does not look like it.
1: Well, we'll get into the deadline for a minute for the Blue Jays, but I mean, you know, listen, this team has stunk in their division this year. Um they've given up, I mean, so many opportunities to 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 make big ground. Tampa looked like they were running away on it for a while. They've sort of come back to the pack and you know, with a few wins heading into the all-star break, all of a sudden the Jays, Andrew, are just five and a half back. I mean, very nicely placed to be a part of the postseason. Um, I mean, where are you at on this season so far? And the fact that it's a long, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Have the Jays sort of put themselves in a position to not only be aggressive at the trade deadline, but to be a contender when it really counts? And that's October.
4: Yeah, I, I think they have. I really think they have. And it, it feels weird to say it because it's just been such a frustrating team to watch so many nights this year. And it, it's, it feels like the offense isn't good enough. They're going through a game right now where, you know, they had plenty of opportunities to, to cash runs against Blake Snell and, and just could not make it happen. Uh, scratched out a couple or scratched out one, <laughs> hit a home run for another, which hasn't happened enough this year either. There are definitely flaws there. But, yeah, I think that when you, you know, you look at where they're, they're – at right now, especially with Tampa falling back to earth a little bit, the Orioles, I'm still not hundred percent sold on them, but I think that they're in a great position and I'm going to, you know, add at the trade deadline, obviously Uh, that bullpen is really, really good. Um, But yeah, I think the blue Jays are right there with anybody right now, which again, yeah, feels odd Uh, and have an opportunity at the deadline to really, you know, make this team better add a bat that can, that can, you know, add another dimension to the offense, which I think is really important. Uh, You know, maybe, as, as tough as it might be to swallow for someone like Ross Atkins, maybe push uh, Dalton Varsho to the side a little bit. Uh, get somebody who can, you know, who, who can, you know, hit the baseball <laughs> a little bit better. Uh, who can get on without, you know, uh, resorting to bunts? Uh, it's been a tough go for Varsho for a lot of the year, and and I think that that's a, an obvious sort of weak spot in the lineup that that could do with. Uh, with some help though it doesn't necessarily have to mean bringing in a left hand or a left fielder Uh, you know they have versatility to push Merrifield out there they can do a lot of different things there which I think will help them it doesn't even have to be uh, you know I think there I I think there's an opportunity for someone to take some bats from Brandon Belt probably as well even though he's kind of gone quite well uh, some of the underlying under the hood stuff doesn't doesn't uh, impress me as much with Belt as uh, as the the you know the top line stats do, uh, but yeah I think you know the pitching has gone so well as long as they've got Gosman and, and Bassett's gone well again uh, there's 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 a lot to like here which which I think a lot of Jays fans would be surprised by and I think a lot of Jays fans a month or two ago would have been surprised by but yeah the the Rays especially I think falling back has made that all in play and feel a little bit better.
1: Well, I'm still living off my bold prediction going into the season that everyone that gave up on Yusei Kikuchi would be having egg on their face because he was (laughs) kind of big. Now, listen, he has struggled somewhat over the last little while, but I got to say this, even though we don't talk about him around the top of the rotation, I do wonder where the Jays would be right now if Kikuchi didn't have the first half that he did.
4: No, I think that's absolutely true. No, he 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 put in some really good performances. You're right. He struggled a bit lately, um, but you know that that happens to the best of them, I suppose. But but you know, I think he is a guy who is in peril of you know maybe getting forced out of the spot and into the bullpen. Uh, there's certainly there's a role that Mitch White is is uh, in at the moment that I think Kikuchi would would probably look pretty good in as sort of that, that depth guy uh, if they had you know if Ryu comes back and looks like the guy we thought he or he was in 2020 not necessarily 2021 uh, and if Alec Manoa can find it again which you know the jury is still out there especially after his performance this week uh, but no you're right Kikuchi's been uh, has been more of the guy that we expected to get when he signed last year and and, and had he had the kind of sideways disaster that he did last year this year uh they would be a lot worse off for it absolutely
1: you know you mentioned uh you know Varsho potentially getting someone else to come in in that spot I mean one of the luxuries that Jay's pitchers do have is arguably the best defensive outfield I mean when you've got Kiermaier and Springer and Varsho even if they're not hitting very well I mean they will help you win games from a defensive perspective Um, I am sure that's, that goes into the thought if you take him out of the lineup or make moves, but I I mean, when you look at Jay's management, knowing where this team is right now and assuming they're in a similar situation as we get closer to the deadline, where do you think the number one priority is? And frankly, I mean, do they have room for multiple priorities? I mean, Chapman's going to be a free agent. There is so much talent and it does seem pretty wide open this year in the American league. I mean, this, I don't know, from my perspective, I think that I would almost be surprised if they weren't really aggressive because of the expectations of the club. And, I mean, you don't have many years that it's as wide open as it is right now, which is with as much talent as the Blue Jays have on their roster.
4: I, I think that's absolutely right. And I think, you know, people are kind of wondering what they're going to do with the deadline and thinking that it might be, you know, uh, some smaller bets looking for bargains kind of stuff. But I, I'm starting to think more the way that you're you're suggesting there, which is that there the time is right to really be aggressive uh, because of what you say, because of being wide, wide open, also because, you know, there's only two more seasons of, of Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. left if they don't extend them. So, you know, the window is kind of shrinking a little bit, and this is this is a big moment for, uh, for Ross Atkins and for everything that the Blue Jays have done and have been building f- towards, you know, for years, really. So, you know, the, to sort of shrink from that, I think, is not the way they'll play it, even though it's going to be tough. It's going to mean tough decisions and parting with some prospects that they probably don't want to. Uh, yeah, they're going to have to spend some money to re- to you know to to fill in some positions next year. Myers free agent. Matt, uh, Belt's a free agent. Matt Chapman, as you mentioned. Um, and you know, maybe they can do something in the, at the trade deadline that will help in that regard and and be future focused and get someone who's not just a pure rental. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot that they, that they could do and it is kind of a critical juncture for them. I think, I think that they're, they're really, uh, they're, they're not going to back down and fold. I think that, that fortunately for them, like with the Rays kind of coming back and the division being back in play more than it was a few weeks ago, uh, underlines that even more.
1: Uh, it is winning time for the Blue Jays, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do at the deadline. Uh, listen, we can't talk about the deadline, and we can't talk Major League Baseball without talking about the unicorn himself, <laughs> Shohei Ohtani. Um, I, me mean, put it this way. You're just a longtime baseball fan and baseball guy. Just thoughts on this season and this player, and then take that to the deadline. What's it going to take to get Ohtani out of Anaheim? <laughs> um and is his, is his next contract a billion dollars? And I don't even joke when I say that. I mean, when you think about what his presence on a team long term means economically for a major league baseball franchise.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's so hard to put a value on a guy who is the best pitcher and the best hitter, and like <laughs> that's literally what he is. It's 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 unbelievable watching. You know, we thought in twenty twenty one we thought that that was you know that was as good a season as we could ever see, and he's topping it somehow. Um you know the deadline. I, I, it would have to be a crazy package, like an unprecedented, obviously for a rental player. He could transform a lot of teams. You know, he put him on the Blue Jays, and that is uh, that, That's a that's a World Series favorite, probably, right? But that would be true of any team. And I don't know if any team has the the resources to get him out of Anaheim. You know, I don't know if they're ready to pack it in because they only have this one chance. You know, one last chance with him that they might they might be a little more aggressive. Uh, you know, they're still on the fringes of the race. There's still time um but yeah he is he's just a, a, an incredible marvelous player and the, just the, of the kind that you you know like video game stuff you, you you never thought you would see a player like this and and to have it happening you know ch- chasing the same record that Aaron Judge did last year which is you know we didn't really talk about that as a record for for decades the American League home run record but you know th- to do that after such an unprecedented year from judge uh while also being as good a pitcher as he is, it's just, is just hard to fathom. And yeah, a billion might, might be, he probably is worth it. I mean, half a billion. Absolutely. Um, whatever it is, it'll be more than anybody else has ever made in the history of the sport.
1: Yeah. And it won't even be close. And frankly, yeah. it'll make sense for whoever, yeah. uh, for whoever gets him. You know, we always hear the usual suspects, the Dodgers, the Yankees. Like, I don't think the Yankees are going to be trading for him right now. That's for sure. I mean, uh, no. Never gets old seeing the Yankees at the bottom of the AL East. I'm sure you agree on that.
4: <laughs> I absolutely do agree. Yeah, you know the Dodgers. The Dodgers are a team that could look at him, but yeah, the Yankees probably, probably not. I, I chuckle to myself every time I see a box score, uh, but you know, ne- next winter, uh, you know who goes after him? That will be very telling, very interesting, because you know, a lot of a lot of money out there to be had, and and he is just an absolutely transformational player, though. though not so much that the Angels could uh, are, are any good ever. Yeah, along with Mike so Trout bizarre. on
1: their club. I know he's injured yeah. right now, but that's one of the great <laughs> mysteries of uh, of uh, all of uh, sports. Andrew, listen, uh, great having you on the program. I guess just on the way out, what uh, what are we thinking for Jays fans in Seattle this weekend? 15, 20K? Uh, is it going to be the usual <laughs> takeover by Blue Jays fans north of the border for Seattle?
4: oh yeah absolutely uh you know it's I, I think more and more every year people are circling that on the calendars and uh you know they're, they've they've gone to lengths and probably probably not at the mariners behest but they they uh they seem to make sure they're always on a weekend that the the jays fans can really really go down in numbers instead of like being a weekday series or series so yeah i think it's going to be twenty thirty thousand. it's going to be uh, uh like a home series and i think uh uh, I would hate it if I was a Mariners fan, but uh, but every Blue Jays fan can smile a bit at that.
1: Yeah, well, they can feel bad at their team. Trust me, I think the, Rain- yeah. the Mariners like the fact that it's on the weekend, and they have taken about 40% of their team store and put Jay's stuff in there just in time <laughs> for the weekend, so... Follow the money. I think uh, I think they're fine with it. It should be a great atmosphere. <laughs> I mean, it really is fun. We certainly here in the middle of Canada. I mean, if you ever go to that Twins series, especially right. if it's on a weekend, uh, I mean, you'll have five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand Blue Jays fans making the trip down there. Uh, it's just even. More so yeah. when you get the population out on the West Coast. Mm. Andrew, listen, great stuff, man. Always loved catching up with you. going to be a really interesting few weeks for the Blue Jays as they uh, look to uh, get some wins out on the West Coast and maybe put themselves in even a better position as we get closer to the trade deadline. Appreciate your time as always, man. Have a good one and enjoy the weekend.
4: You too, man. Thanks so much. Anytime.
1: Good stuff. There is Andrew Stoughton with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, Jays right now up for nothing. Let's see, we've got a, uh, so Guerrero had his, uh, had his bomb. And, uh, oh, our buddy Alejandro Kirk with an eighth inning two run shot. Let's go. Love Kirk. Um, But anyways, great to have Andrew on the program. Um, Hey, uh, we'll uh, give him a big cheers from our friends at Little Brown Jug, Winnipeg's favorite local beer. Going to the game tonight? Good news. Good news. Little Brown Jug is now an official partner of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. In 1919, their flagship brand is available at the games. You're going to need to find it, though, at the poutinery locations or the hometown concession stands on both the upper and lower levels on both east and west sides. So great development with 1919 available at the games from our friends at Little Brown Jug. Of course, we are going to be enjoying a few Little Brown Jugs at our baseball game next week at the gold eyes gold eyes finishing up their run this week but uh pop by their spot on the weekend um what's golden on saturdays try all their great beers shorty's uh, kitchen's gonna be doing a pop-up there good stuff but uh speaking of those gold eyes folks you have one more day to order your tickets for winnipeg sports talk night at the ballpark it's next wednesday cannot wait to see everybody out there and Put some names to faces of our friends in the chat. Uh, get on over to winnipegsportstalk.com right now. Book your tickets. They're 15 bucks all in. And we'll include a WST uh, koozie for everyone while supplies last. Although we've had a great, great turnout. Uh, well over 60 tickets right now. Love to keep filling up that park and uh, get ready to have some fun. And uh, great time at the ballpark on, on Wednesday night with the gang over at Winnipeg Sports Talk. And before that, don't forget, the uh, Ballpark Brewfest is this weekend. Andrew Collier is going to join us tomorrow to give us a little primer of uh, what's to come on the weekend. But tickets are available right now. Go to the Gold Eyes website. That is Saturday afternoon from 1 until 5. The Ballpark Brewfest should be a great, great time. And uh, you can make your Uber arrangements around that one as well. Um, Big shout out to our friends at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, counting down the days before we're able to get out there. And I'll certainly have some great content from Aikens up on our social channels. But if you are thinking about a world-class fishing experience where the only thing more world-class than the fishing is the incredible hospitality of the Terrens and the Aikens family, that's where you need to be. Get on down to akinslake.com for more information and get in touch about 2024 bookings, which are well underway, and even the uh, a couple of remaining spots for the remainder of 2023. Um, what else do we need to do here, Rivas? We will get to the cool bet lines. I got something juicy for the game tonight. Uh, but let's quickly get to a little golf report for our friends at Breezy Bend, because it is, of course, the Open Championship right now, Royal Liverpool. And the course playing tough today, but uh, not so tough for amateur Crystal Lamprecht and hometown hero Tommy Fleetwood. They, along with Emiliano Gorillo, have the lead, five under par 66s. Brian Harmon along with Adrian Otegi and Antoine Rosner, four under par, one shot back. Uh, we got U.S. Open champion Wyndham Clark, along with Stuart Sink, Max Homa at three under par. Who's at two? Jordan Spieth, Siwoo Kim, and then a lot of big-time players at one under par in great spot, including Patrick Reed, Pat Cantlay. Brooks Kepka, Hideki Matsuyama, world number one, Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley as well. Um, for the other interesting guys, oh, it looks like Victor Hovland at a nice back nine. He's at one under as well. Um, who else? Let's see where our Canadians are. Rory McElroy, even par. Tyrrell Hatton, even par. Nicely done. Maddie Fitzpatrick, one over. Cam Smith, defending champ, one over, along with Shane Lowry and Ricky Fowler. I'm going down to see where our Canadians are right now. Unfortunately, we're having to go a little ways. Corey Connor, two over, still not bad. That's basically, it looks like what the cut line, well, you have to, we'll see what happens tomorrow, but that's pretty much about halfway through. Tied for a 65th, along with my guy, Tony Fina. Oh, and Nick Taylor as well. So both Canadians right in the mix right now, but lots of work to do tomorrow. If you're interested, by the way, in uh Finding out more on getting on that waiting list for Breezy Bend for 2024. Get to BreezyBend.ca or give our pal Corey Johnson a call over at the uh, the clubhouse. All right, let's get Remus back in here. Remo, fun conversation with Andrew Stoughton. It's going to be a great weekend for Jays fans down in Seattle.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to clarify about that. Uh, so what happened was the Mariners team store put out a bunch of uh, Toronto Blue Jays merchandise. Uh, you know they're in anticipation of all the fans coming in, as you said, like well, like ten thousand, fifteen thousand Jays fans there, and a bunch of the Mariners players us not happy about it. Paul Seawald, a uh, relief pitcher, tweeting out, "What the hell is this?" At Mariners store, J.P. Crawford, uh, infielder, tweeting, "Damn, S.M.H. That's an acronym for shake my head." Us, if you didn't know, I don't know if you're hip to acronyms these days. Great acronym. The, with the Dude, face SMH. palm emoji. That's my an old favorite em- my favorite emoji. Um and let me see. Look, the we weekends see they have 40,000 seats already taken for Friday, Saturday. Look, we watched the game yesterday. They had it on Sportsnet after the Jays game. It was empty there, and the Mariners team store knows that a lot of Jays fans are coming. They have all the merch from the All Star game, is what they said. They were putting out some leftover merch. Uh, but eventually, because the players complained, they removed it. I don't think, I don't see what the big deal is. If they should be getting mad at anyone, mad at, get mad at their own fans for for not going. And I say that as someone who owns, I don't know, like twenty different at least Mariners Mariners hats. So, um, I mean, it's just a business decision. Like put out. I mean, I think we got to get away. I think as myself, we've got to get away from you like this team. Uh, I like that team. I hate you. I want you to die. Like we're all fans <laughs> watching baseball. Like they're coming to welcome them in to the welcome them in to the Safeco Story. It's called T-Mobile Park now, and say, hey, let's watch the game together. And look, if they want to buy a little Jays merch, let them. I remember when I went to the Royals ALCS. Royals Jays, y'all wore Jays gear. The fans there were so nice and so welcoming in Kansas City. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of what I don't yeah, know how I feel it, there. It, for
1: for it, it, listen, it's just a little different when you get invaded. The way Seattle does every year for these Jays games. I mean, it's 15, 20,000 fans. And I mean, it is. And let's face it. Mm -hmm. I know we all like to say, oh, everyone is these polite Canadians. I would say that they can probably become somewhat obnoxious, especially if you were part of the home team. So um, listen, bring on the rivalry, though. And I don't blame Seattle for making a little bit of money off those visiting fans although it is sort of a tough look. Can't you just do something temporary outside the stadium and don't tell anyone it's the actual team that's doing it?
2: True. <laughs> well, okay, Schickster says, would you be okay if Jets gear store? You know, there's so many Maple Leafs fans that come every year for the Leafs Jets game. Would you be okay if Jets gear started selling Hard Ma- no Hard Maple no. Leafs jerseys <laughs> and T-shirts? I was like, ah, absolutely not. No way. <laughs> so, you know what? I take back everything I just Good said. Good point, Schickster. I stand with, uh, <laughs> I guess I, maybe I'm not a real Mariners fan now, or I do have a soft spot for the Jays. How could I not? But uh, I take back everything I just said. Absolutely not. Bush league move, selling opposing merch in your own team store. What? How, how could they do that?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Reg uh,
2: Dunlop says, okay, do they sell rider gear at the bomber store before the banjo bowl? Do they?
1: I doubt it. Highly, no highly worry. doubt it. The
2: only thing I can
1: remember, and this is, and people of my vintage might remember this. My first, like whenever I went to a Jet game when I was a little kid, I would usually get a puck of the team that the Jets were yeah. playing. Okay. That, and that was a really thing. I always, don't shout out to my dad, but we'd go there and I would be able to get something and I would always get a puck. So I've got like, or I don't, I don't probably don't have them anymore, but as a, as a youth and those were like prized possessions but it certainly wasn't like a hat or merchandise of some of the other teams. Although I do remember the other thing you'd get a puck or sometimes pennants, pennants of those other teams. And that I think has gone the way, I mean, it's all just jet stuff and pretty much at any team. They're not, you're not buying a Boston Bruins pennant at, um, at a game, probably because they're so readily available elsewhere, but that was the place to do it. And there was a lot of kids rooms, um, Around my age, they had a whole bunch of pennants from the rest of the National Hockey League that they probably got at games along with those pucks. A little bit of a trip down memory lane of NHL souvenirs here in Winnipeg.
2: I remember I went to a Jets game at the Winnipeg Arena, and I think my brother got or we got two mini sticks. My brother got like a Jets mini stick, and I took the Kings one because you know Gretzky played for the King. They're they're cool. They have sweet colors, so that's a mini stick. Well, got, so I'm with you there.
1: Schickster's our Canada Life Centre insider as well. Yes. They do have the warm-up pucks. And actually, this is probably a next-level piece as far as, like, a memento if you have a kid that goes to the game. Those warm-up pucks that have both teams and the day's game on them. Uh, and I think they're 20 bucks, and they have them at the first intermission. So kind of a very neat uh, – kind of a very neat um, – a little a souvenir if you're uh, if you're looking for it um when you're at the games if you have a little one and you want something that'll always remember the game you can't get those pucks all right let's uh let's take Here. a look at these cool bet lines for this game tonight oh you got something else Yeah you?
2: we we're always into um weirdo injuries us, And with the Jays in Seattle playing the Mariners uh Mariners outfielder Jared Kelnick He's gonna be out with a broken bone in his left foot. Um, he went in, kicked a cooler yesterday after a lengthy <laughs> at bat, and broke his foot.
1: Uh, I thought you were gonna say he kicked the cooler when he saw the Jays gear in the uh, in the pro shop.
2: <laughs> yeah, Kelnick was placed on the ten day injured list Thursday, a day after he kicked a water cooler following a ninth-inning strikeout in Seattle's loss to Minnesota. And then he said, quote, uh, With fighting back tears, I made a mistake. I let the emotions get the best of me. I feel terrible for the guys. I uh, let the emotions get the best of me. I let them down. I take responsibility. It's on good? me. It can happen. He's having a breakout um, season. He was like a top prospect. I don't think he's lived up to the hype, but he's... I mean, he's a starter for them, and he's he's playing well. He hits, like, middle of the order. <laughs> Um, oh, so perfect. definitely so he's
1: just actually really useful for the club and he takes himself out by kicking Yeah like I
2: picked him up off waivers having having a great you know for him a pretty good year like with this OPS 759 I guess in 2023 it's not bad he's got uh, what you, 11 homers 45 RBIs uh 320 on base so I mean he's he's a regular everyday guy for them so I mean that's pretty that's a tough one but kicking yeah. the cooler has, after striking out in terms of injuries.
1: You that's... know what? Guys, don't blame the cooler. Just just saying. <laughs> it wasn't the cooler's fault.
2: How could we have prevented this?
1: Um, Jay is still top of the ninth now, 4 nothing. Bringing in Romano. Yeah, Romano's in for the Blue Jays. We'll kind of follow this through. Okay, let's get over to Cool Bet because, of course, we got a big game tonight. Bombers are now 15 and a half point favorites, which is such a monster number, but I get it. The Elks have had a a miserable season. They haven't won any games and the Bombers are going to be in an ornery, ornery mood after what happened in the nation's capital on Saturday. Total for this game is 46 and a half. Trying to find a team total for the Bombers. It's probably pretty close to that. I think they're going to roll. Obviously you get Kenny Lawler back in. Huge, huge boost. I think Kenny Lawler gets into the end zone. I'm, t- I'm sprinkling on him at plus one ten for an anytime TD score. Something tells me we won't see a plus beside Kenny Lawler's name after this game tonight. Um, also interesting to see a big number. The Brady Oliveira rushing numbers now up to eighty three and a half. Um, I have no doubt that they're going to really be trying to to run the football, establish it. Um, and get back to the bomber football that we've seen you know, over the last few years because, I mean, the running game was non-existent against Ottawa. That was a big reason why they weren't able to hold on to the football in the second half. Um, so, yeah, Brady, 83-and-a-half. That's a big, big number. A couple of other uh, player receiving yards, props. Uh, Shone, 66-and-a-half. Kenny Lawler, 64-and-a-half. Nick Dembski, 49-and-a-half. Sheed, uh, Rashid Bailey, 30.5. And Drew Latarski, 33.5. And, and the Zach Caleros number, 259.5. Part of me thinks to smash the over on that, but then I start thinking about how they're going to want to run the football. So uh, I don't know. It's all up in the air, but plenty of options for you. Now, Remus, I put together a great Winnipeg Sports Talk exclusive today trying to figure out what we were going to do with the bombers and i was really freaked out by that massive number so we've sort of gone well here's it here it is we've got bombers to win by double digits so by 10. so we're buying basically an extra six points so bombers minus nine and a half the sea bears are playing tonight in calgary and they just smoked the calgary surge here in winnipeg in their last game on sunday so we've just got the C Bears to win that game. I think I saw earlier they were minus 139 favorite. And then our women at the World Cup, Team Canada. Now, Canada win by two. Earlier in the week was minus 121. It's now plus 116. So that definitely helped us get up to it. And then we got a nice boost for this one. So if you want to ride with us on a three uh, a three-way parlay, Bombers minus 9.5, Bears to win, and Canada women minus 1.5. That game is at 9.30 tonight. Jump on it. We got a Knights nice number plus 500 or 5 to 1 over at Cool Bet. And just uh, while we're there, take a quick look at this one. Yeah, Canada minus 1.5 still min- or plus or 116, and Canada minus 238. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to be an upset. I'm obviously completely riding with Team Canada. But I do think that this Women's World Cup is going to provide some pretty wild upsets. Last night, New Zealand, the host, played in their first game. They were huge underdogs to Norway. Plus 7.15, Remo. They came through and won. one nothing. Something about that home field advantage in that sort of an environment. And uh, Aussies won as well. Now we get a chance to see Canada. But uh, hopefully there'll be no massive upsets At the hands of uh, our women's team tonight, who's just been so great in the Olympics and the World Cups over the last decade.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them uh, get back at it. I guess we have that game after uh, the bomber game tonight. And I was, I said yesterday, yesterday's show, I was very surprised that Canada was such low odds. Uh, I thought, you know, they won the Olympic gold medal and they're plus 3,500 to win the tournament. And you pointed out plus 1,000 top three i don't know maybe i'm not i don't really pay attention but just the fact that they've had so much success getting bronze uh, pretty frequently um top three seems like a good plan so we'll we'll want we'll to be following the wet canada's women and i'm looking forward to seeing how they do uh, tonight because they always get i always enjoy uh, the women's game uh, us, uh canada's had so many great teams and um great memories especially when it was uh, remember when it was here I guess was, oh, I went to the U S was
1: 2015. That was so yeah. cool. And I mean, we got so lucky with having the U S team here play uh, their group stage in Winnipeg. Um, you know, the amount of people that came across the border for that was incredible. And I mean, sold out IG field for a world cup event. That is one of my fondest memories actually of IG field. It was, uh, it was phenomenal. Um, so yeah, check out the games again. If you've got tons of betting options on all these games uh, over at Coolbet as well i will have some live odds on the on the British Open uh, as soon as everything gets shut down. Oh, and we are going to have a lock shop partner parlay. Dusty and I got into it. Um, this is what it's going to be. It's not up yet, but you can check it out. We're not putting today's game in, so we'll have it for tomorrow. We're taking the under 50.5 in the Toronto-Hamilton game. BC minus 9.5 over Saskatchewan and Ottawa plus 4.5 in Toronto. Calgary. Um, so when you hit the exclusives, check out the lock shop partner parley. But the one for tonight are WST exclusive, bombers minus nine and a half, sea bears to win, and Canada women to win by two, five to one. It's up right now in the exclusives. Uh a little bit after three o'clock. Well, I'm looking forward to this one tonight, looking forward to this massive hot dog we're gonna be eating. And yes, we will have video of it for you folks. And uh, and looking forward to this game tonight. We as I said, a great sports night. Hopefully, a big win for the Bombers, and then uh, get on out and see our Canadian women. Hopefully, start off the World Cup right down under.
2: Yeah, Sea as well in action, and uh, what Goldie's Ballpark Brewfest this weekend. So uh, lots going on on the sporting calendar, and some great weather too. Just just awesome, awesome stuff there. So I'm trying, you know, debating if I'm going shorts or. Jeans tonight,
1: no doubt. Oh, hey! By the way, quick, why not? Question of the day for not Autocorp overly at Waverly McGilvery and Bomber fans, let us know in the chat who's our best bet for a touchdown tonight. We know the Bombers are going to get a few. My personal pick, I think, with the not with the odds, is Kenny Lawler, but I think Kenny Lawler is also going to maybe open up a little bit more room from Dalton Shone, and Remo. I think Shone probably has a massive game tonight too. He's probably still choked about dropping that one last week that I think was a big part of the unraveling of that football game.
2: He is overdue um, for a big game. He's only topped a hundred yards once. I think receiving like stats, uh, I think last year, what last week wasn't like Oliveira, the leading receiver. We
1: had that uh, massive run and then that other or was yeah. a massive catch early on. And then, he had that second one with about forty yards before the fumble.
2: Yeah, so I think I agree. Shown with four catches for sixty-six yards last week. He had three for forty in the win against Calgary. He had the big game against Montreal, but I think it's been a bit quiet for him compared to last year. So I, and the chances have been there. there Has been a couple overthrows, uh, the drop touchdown. I know he had a big drop one to uh, you know Calgary. Maybe he finds it uh, finds it this week. Against Edmonton, who doesn't have a win this year.
1: Uh, I I like it. Running man, B.A., Phyllis. uh, We're riding with Kenny Lawler tonight. Plus 110. I've already locked that one in. Let's welcome Kenny back to Winnipeg. Big time with a win and hopefully a big, big game. Um, Tomorrow on the program the latest from weeb's world himself kenny weeb will break down
2: tonight's bomber game and uh doing you know, with Hacksaw coming on tomorrow Reem? Axaw says uh he's good to go uh, yes hope, so we're scheduling it now but i don't know i think there's been really hot in san diego there's been some power uh failures oh, wow. so we're anticipating that he's good though he is he is scheduled he, to start, he me. but it He's could sick. be a
1: game-time decision. Uh, we've missed Hacksaw. Lots to talk about with Saw. Uh, Andrew Collier is going to jump on. Can we? More from tonight's Bomber game. It should be a great, great show to kick off another weekend. Uh, all right. Thanks to all of our sponsors that make this show happen. All of you for joining us, especially the people live today on YouTube. Hit that red subscribe button. And all of you podcast listeners uh, enjoy. Thanks to Darren Bombing for coming on. Don't forget, post-game coverage of tonight's game over on Bonfire after the final uh, whistle, about 15 minutes afterwards. Big thanks to Andrew Stoughton, Scott Billick as well. Uh, all right, we got a 32-inch hot dog to take down, and the Bombers have a winless team to take down. Maybe we'll see you at the park tonight at IG Field, and if not, we'll see you tomorrow, 1 p.m. right here on WST, and go Canada tonight. Oh, my God! Oh! oh! Shut it down! Let's go
0: Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.